I'm all kind of dragging guys, you know. <laughs> a little more pep in our step. Come on, uh, yeah, yeah. Make it brisk. We can get do it. it. Get it, it together, it. boys. It's an adventure of a life. Get it together. Yeah. Tighten up. Forget Tighten the stands. Up, boys. Hold Tighten the mics. <laughs> you are listening to the SE Rat Pack podcast, and I'm your host Shane Adams. Um, this is our second go around because I forgot to push play or record this last time. So uh, dry run. So we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna recap this. I, we just got about you know thirty forty five minutes into it before I realized that. So here we are. We're gonna try it again. Joining me today uh, is Ruben, Patrick, Parker. Glad y'all are here. Mm-hmm. Glad Thank you. Thanks for having us. So uh, let me give you the breakdown real quick on how we're gonna do this. We're gonna basically recap the trip. Talk about the travel and, and kind of give you uh, not quite a play by play, but at least give you uh, some thoughts, uh, enough enough information to make an informed decision on whether or not this is a trip that might be for you. <laughs> Don't do it. Uh, the uh, <laughs> then we'll talk a little bit about uh, expectation versus reality. Uh, we do have some questions uh, in the third segment. It's going to be social media questions. And then finally, uh, we're going to talk about gear that worked and gear that didn't. So welcome, fellas. Uh, we're going we're gonna to do this again. Um, so I know we talk about travel leading up to this. Uh, Patrick and I have been on a, a bit of a tear travel-wise. I was pretty much tired before I ever even got on the plane. Mm-hmm. Um Plane ride from Atlanta to Lima was a red eye. We left out about uh supposed to leave out at was it eleven fifty five? Twelve fifty five? Eleven fifty five. Uh had about an hour delay. Uh six hour and change flight to Lima. A little bit of a layover in Lima to get to Aquitos. Uh best way to describe Aquitos as an airport is there was some it had four gates, but really just one door, and you have to walk out and then walk up the steps to get on the plane. Um, Definitely one of the smallest airports I've ever come across. Yeah, with some really nice jets flying in and out. Yeah. Uh, pretty pretty rough landing. Uh, yeah, that was my had, first flight, had, so that was pretty scary. We had pretty hard. We had a, a per, yeah, I forgot. That was Parker's first time that he can remember uh, on a plane. He went once as cool. a baby. Yeah, the flight to Lima wasn't. It wasn't bad at all. I slept for a lot of it, so but the landing takeoff, everything was good. But landing in Iquitos, I remember being like, "Whoa, we're kind of moving a lot faster than we were at the other one." <laughs> and then we touched down. I was like, "Whoa!" Like, yeah, we hit pretty hard. I felt like I needed breaks. a kidney belt on that. <laughs> like one. we landed on a gravel road. Yeah. Um, and then, quite possibly, in my opinion, the most dangerous thing we did the entire week was uh, they have these little motorized rickshaws called Tuk Tuks that are Honda CB 160s. 125s. And 125s, uh, motorized uh, rickshaws. <clears throat> Best way to describe a ketos that I have found is if you just in your mind pictured any city, large inner city in Pakistan or India or someplace like that, it is organized chaos. Synchronized chaos. They're really good at not hitting each other or hitting you. Uh, yeah, Patrick, uh, earlier when we weren't recording, uh, Patrick mentioned he's never seen any accidents. Never there, never seen one. Which yeah. is surprising. Oh, yeah. You see him on the side of the road getting repaired, but yeah, that's we, because most of We always there. had breakdowns and chains coming loose and mm. <laughs> running out of gas, but never an accident. Uh, we rode across town in a driving rain i might add and yeah. our little tuk tucks don't have doors uh they're fairly exposed to the elements they did have a roof 
But that doesn't stop the spray in the front. Yeah, my entire <laughs> Not our motorcycle. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ruben uh, was, uh, I'll say it nicely, riding pillion uh, with our guy, <laughs> Percy, <laughs> which uh, was a whole nother level of, is even though Parker and, and Jackson and myself Love to ride motorcycles. I'm not sure you could pay me enough to ride a motorcycle in that place. <laughs> Between potholes, you could hide a Volkswagen in, and just everybody else on the road. Uh, man, it was a bit much. Um, we wound up spending a night in, uh, I think it's called the Ritz, uh, in, in Aikido's. <laughs> grits, more like it. The Grits. grits. Um, it was uh, had air conditioning. And a uh, and a toilet seat. You had a toilet seat, I but had we seat. had the refrigerator and no toilet oh, seat. Oh, that yeah. was exciting. I would, I would, I would trade that. Mm. I would, I would, tra- <laughs> I would trade the toilet seat for Not the refrigerator. Me. I wouldn't. Okay, so uh, I, I was fine with uh, I was fine with the toilet seat and traded for a uh, for the for the uh, refrigerator. Yeah, back in Aikido's, I don't think it was everybody's. I'd been there in at least ten years in Aikido's. You'd been there. More recent, yeah, in seventeen. Your guys' first time, and some of those other guys was their first time in Nikitas. Yeah. It's um, you can't drive there. There are only um, you can only boat and plane there, and it's it, uh, to Iquitos. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's no the rooms. largest landlocked city in the world, mm-hmm. I believe. Very much like Juneau, Alaska. You can't drive there. You have to boat or fly. But it was um, an interesting town for me. It, it is, uh, you know, I, believe it or not, crime's actually very low there, and the kind of crime they do have is not like the crime they even have. In big cities around here, yeah, and we found the people very friendly and very found a cool friendly. place yeah. that we'd like to eat at and hung out there and yeah, had a good first night. The uh, the graffiti, some of the the illustrations the and art. yeah, art, <laughs> yeah, it was just really really it cool. Really was yeah. Um, so we spent a night there in Aquitos and uh, acclimated to the people and kind of the weather. <laughs> I was I was. Honestly, I, I'm not a huge fan of big cities, and so Iquitos, while not a low point for me, it's not a place that that uh, I don't mind passing through it. But but uh, wouldn't want to live there. Yeah. I would much prefer Tom Shiaco, a smaller well, villager. The the first time we were in Iquitos, I was like, <clears throat> I was like, this is awesome! Like, cult, huge culture shock. Being a 20 year old, never not kidding, not yeah. even traveled really a lot in the states, but going there, I was like, whoa, this is cool! Like. This would be awesome to even be here for longer than a night. Mm-hmm. Well, then after going to Tom Shiaku, it was like, and then getting back to Aikido, so I was like, please, God, get me out of here. <laughs> this place is dumb. Um, yeah. <laughs> it stinks now. It was a, uh, it's a different it was, smell. Well, I think by that time, too, it was a, we'll talk about it, but coming back out of the jungle into into Aikido's was just sensory overload for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. But we'll stick to uh, this uh, timeline going in. Uh, we stayed in the Grits Carlton uh, there uh, the first night. The next day, we dropped some gear off at Percy's. And then once we left Percy's place, we were, like, headed to the jungle. Oh, so, yeah. so Wild, wacky car ride, rickshaw ride to the port. Uh, yeah, which they call a port, which is... Uh, a beach. Muddy riverbank. <laughs> muddy riverbank. Uh, again... Uh, organized chaos. You just, uh, yeah. you know, Jesus take the wheel type deal riding there. Close your eyes. Uh, yeah. We got on the uh, 24 foot Bala, uh, was our <laughs> boat's name. Uh, 24 feet uh, with a 15 horsepower Johnson motor from 1970, <laughs> I think. Uh, and our captain, he was a good guy. John Jean Paul. Paul. Yeah. Uh, 20 years old. 
uh, on Instagram, John Paul. We'll have to figure out. Uh, I think it's five three five something yeah. like that. We'll put his uh, we'll put his IG tag in there. Owned his boat. He worked and bought it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a twenty year old fella down there is different than a twenty year old fella. Very much up so. here. Uh, no comparison. And so um, I, I found that to be very interesting. Um, we moved up river for over nine hours at the speed of smell, uh, <laughs> with that little boat. The little boat was super comfortable though. I it wasn't bad. We all had a, a padded seats and a place to spread out. It was big <laughs> enough to where we could, didn't have to sit on top of each other. That was nice. Um, one of the things I found fascinating when we were driving, if you, if you, if you guys want to see some photos of this, we have a big album on our Facebook, uh, SE Knives, Reynolds Adventure Training, uh, Facebook, um, site that has 260 pictures it's just everything's so brightly colored i just mm-hmm. think I, that was one of the things for somebody that like do street photography and stuff it's it's yeah. uh it's just a paradise to to shoot um i was figuring out a new camera there so no kidding yeah about half of my photos are pretty much useless um, yeah here we had kind of the same camera but the newer one you had i picked it up it was like like a whole new instrument <laughs> yeah. i didn't know what to do with it um uh olympus tough six yeah uh, we'll talk about that later um we stopped in tom shiaku for a bit uh which is a small village going up the amazon uh that we came back to um that's when we learned about the jungle internet how quickly it moves and people realize that when the gringos are in town um they bring money. Yeah, yeah. They, they know they bring their stuff. They know that we're there to boost the economy, and this is true. Um, so uh, it, I was very surprised at how well the U.S. dollar uh, converted to to Peruvian sole. It also depends on who you know. <laughs> yeah, everything is about who you know uh, that I've found. It was almost a four to one exchange rate, I right? Think Three point eight to. 3.86 or something like that. So the U.S. dollar stretched a long way down there. Oh, yeah. yeah, when I started going there, it was three solos to a dollar. So it's improved right. a bit. So uh, if you know Charlie, yeah. he'll hook you up. <laughs> yeah, if you know Percy. Percy, Percy was, and Charlie will hook you up in Iquitos. Yeah. So we um, stopped in Tom Shiaku, got back on the boat for another six hours, I think, at that mm-hmm. point. Rolled in uh, late afternoon uh, into... Uh, just a mud bank uh, with mud steps just cut out, uh, literally mud steps cut out of the bank. Walked about 150 yards in. Uh, like the entrance to like in the Indiana Jones scene when he enters the jungle to go get the – that's literally when we rolled up. I was like, whoa, this is, I feel like I'm Indiana Jones. We're There's here a now. picture on the Facebook yeah, of yeah. me on the steps, and it, it just looks <laughs> like you're entering the jungle. With a hat and a whip. Yeah, and the beginning of shit. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. Yeah. Kidding. It's good stuff. <laughs> So as we entered, uh, we walked about 150 meters or so into the jungle and walked into a camp that was obviously under construction. And that was Percy's uh, Maloka. And uh, a Maloka is just basically a hut, but this is a little, a little more substantial than yep. than, than a thatched hut or something. It's it's, mm. it's a pretty solid structure, more permanent. Yeah. Um, we camped there our first night. Within the first 10 minutes of making camp, those of us that were in hammocks, uh, me, Patrick, Reuben, Parker, and Matt Grace were all in hammocks. Uh, hadn't even got my uh, my hammock set up yet and saw my first bullet ant, the Azula. Uh, if you're ever, Greeting party. Yeah, if you're ever wondering whether or not it's an Azula, it's not. You'll know <laughs> when you see it. Uh, massive mandibles, big old angry-looking things. Uh <laughs> You just don't want to mess with. I think you got right. popped by one, didn't you, Ruben? Yeah, in the back. One of the nights of 
It was before we went to sleep, so I knew when I woke up it would be gone because it's usually like 10 or 11 hours. But. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Percy's Maloka, we had some guys that stayed in a uh, – that's my dog's tail wagon uh, – destroying the house. <laughs> Godzilla tail. Um, we had some guys that stayed in what you might call a bunkhouse uh, with no bunks, just floors. Um, we stayed there that first night. The next day – what did we do that first day? We did some uh, – Machete safety. Yeah, Ruben mm-hmm. did uh, machete use, and then I did, most everybody in the class had been through several of our classes at the farm, but one of the students hadn't, and so I did a, a quick nav uh, class on how to shoot an asthma and yeah. you know traveling through the jungle. So and then um, after that, you know, it's, it's tradition. We always get Percy to get with um, the villagers in Santa Ana, which is a nearby village yeah and let them bring any of their local handcrafts and trinkets and stuff like that so we can help boost the economy and you know buy souvenirs and so they came set their blankets up and uh everybody ended up buying something a lot of stuff and then uh ruben was smart enough to buy the a much needed item which was the fans (laughs) that i use most of the week (laughs) Yeah, it, it it really came into play quite a few times, but uh, we'll several folks bought. Uh, you bought a fan. Matt bought a Matt fan. Matt got one, and I think the Brit. I, no, I don't know. Britt no, didn't get there one. were only two. <laughs> Britt borrowed one. <laughs> Britt used mine. I used mine on Britt. We all, yeah. we all used yours. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it got yeah. passed around quite a bit. Yeah, before we actually set out on foot, we had a jungle delicacy in a suri, which is like a palm tree. It's got to be down for twenty eight to thirty days before it starts to. Get these nice uh, grub worms you probably all saw on, you know, at one point or another, you, maybe you saw it on TV, these big old squirrely looking things. And they're actually quite fatty and full of nutrition, um, I would say. You just hold the head and kind of bite it and hope just, for the best. Yeah, it's yeah. There's it, a bit of a gag factor. I've, I've never experienced that, but apparently it's full of a lot of fat and it's kind of a nutty, meaty. I don't know. I think it's different for everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I found uh, it to be uh, earthy, but not yeah. like dirt. It wasn't bad. It had, but it had a more right. nutty, muddy flavor than a dirty flavor. To those me. bigger ones that we got in those palms, you really have to hold the head, pinch it. I just cut them off and just I, did, I didn't you know, mess around with them, I and then just throw it because it will. Yeah, it bite you. I, it will. It will continue no. to. Um, but if you've ever seen it, like in a frying pan or something, it's uh, like into. It's very much like bacon, where it'll just kind of sizzle, sizzle around, and, and you get some wake because all the fat in there. But um, that was our first. No, no. Where did we get? I think we had some ahi sauce. We might have got El Pollo. I bought some. Patrick, yeah, 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 had some cook, yeah, yeah, so sauce. That it's like a yellow ahi. hot sauce. Yeah, and you dip it in. You hope for the best and. It wasn't so bad. And then we kind of got on our way into the bush. Yeah. So uh, we picked an azimuth based on a waypoint that Patrick had taken previously. Mm. <clears throat> so this is our first, like, where we're striking out. And uh, this is jungle proper as far as uh, it's not flat. Yeah. Safety um, safety wheels uh, were taken off. Training wheels are gone. Yeah. Yeah. So... Uh, <laughs> 40 foot contours we're doing a lot of 30 foot up and down and in very very dense jungle i think parker cut a lot of the trail very good portion first yeah at first um we had guys 
you could tell the difference between the natives and the gringos is oh, that, yeah. you know, our, our, our indigenous folks are just, you know, taking a machete and moving stuff out of the way. And, and the gringos are acting like buzzsaws going through the woods. Yeah. Um, the grass, uh, what's the name of the grass? I don't know. I call it razor grass. I call it devil grass. <laughs> uh, the razor grass is just like what it sounds like. It, Will absolutely slice you open, sticks to you like Velcro. It's like a mixture of Velcro, razors, and kudzu. You can't even get it off you without cutting yourself. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that was interesting. Black palm uh, makes uh, our saw briars look like. Uh, Brit, yeah, Britt got the full juggle experience, I will say. Black palm is the evilest thing. It, it, it's my second biggest fear in the jungle, black palm. That's why you can't just wear Crocs the entire time because of black palm. Um. It has a lot of strength one way, but, you know, it'll break off. And once it gets inside you, it, it, nothing nice. It's it's pretty awful. So yeah. that is one of my biggest fears in the jungle. And and stickers on that thing that are the size of, of like, actual large needles. I mean, yeah. <laughs> massive. Smallest one is, like, two inches long. <laughs> yeah. And they're everywhere. I oh, mean, yeah. You, there is no brushing up against it. It yeah. winds up in you. The only time you fit, the only time you really know it's there is if you bump into it. It's very, it's hard to, I mean, there's some where it's like you can tell, hey guys, there's black palm here, but some of that stuff, it blends in so well mm-hmm. that, and a lot of the new, like the newly sprouting, like not necessarily a really big, distinct black palm, but something that's just been, it still has yeah. an inch to two inches of the barbs on there. And that's what would get, would get me. I, I got stuck in my leg a few times and it, you could feel it. The devil palm. <laughs> yeah. I got one on the finger. It didn't go it didn't go in all the way or break off, but within twenty minutes I had a nice size bump. Yeah. Just from the uh, irritation. I didn't I didn't know exactly I, I was trying to clean it. the machete off the mud off of it. It yeah. makes a great bristle. And then I just got a little too close and it just <laughs> Stick, stuck it. Got me. Lesson yeah. learned. I got, Lesson a, I got yeah. stuck in the leg or the upper thigh through my pants. So it, it didn't like stick and stay in there. That's good. But I, I noticed um, the whole week it was irritated. Through oh, there. boy. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, man, that's, that's the awful place to yeah. be itching the whole no, time. No, it is. Several there. years ago, our, our founder, Jeff Randall, we were in the swamp and it was, it was kind of like um, natural when you're falling or slipping to put your hand out and brace your fall and he just happened to land on um, a couple of pieces of black palm mm-hmm. and I think within a few hours he had some numbness or soreness but I think the next day his back and arm were sore and a couple of weeks later he ended up having to go get it surgically removed and I think he said he still feels some lasting effects or numbness or something so it's yeah, no joke I think it was in like the sheath of a tendon, tendon. or something yeah a tendon right. just bad place this is why in Southeast Asia when you're in the jungle there's no black palm you don't have a Zula ant and you can get away with wearing Crocs the entire trip oh wow not this one no. not no <laughs> not not in Peru yeah so on this day one how Patrick what was the plan we were talking about going roughly we talked about going so the we were at a different Maloka, so a different starting point, and trying to go to the same point, but it was going to be a, a lot further, and I knew we wouldn't make it yeah. in a single day, uh, but we were going to start heading that way and try to make it there the next day. And um, and I, that was like a thousand meters. Yeah, it was about like a thousand I meters. Was, so, was it a thousand? Well, Fifteen hundred thousand. When you said that we wouldn't make a thousand meters, I thought. Come on. No, that's, no, there's no way. Maybe, yeah. maybe three days we could have made it. Uh, but we had buried back in, man, I can't remember, back in 2011, 
whenever we were doing some kind of marketing thing where we were burying um, coins, a tube with a coin in it, challenge coins, yeah, uh, ch- expat challenge coin. Uh, we did some where there were different knives. You find, you know, you go to these coordinates, you find it, you dig it up, mail this in, we'll send you a knife. I had buried one somewhere we had camped before, and I wanted to go find it and dig it up. All right, just <clears> see if I could find it. See and, if you get a knife. Yeah, so I get a free knife. And then, uh, you know, like I said earlier, you know, quote from Mike Tyson, you know, everybody's got a plan to get punched in the face. That day we got punched in the face. You know, we lost uh, our medic. Um, what, within the first hour? Due to heat. Yeah, heat. Uh, the heat and humidity is just terrible. And this is an experienced medic who had been there before. Oh, yeah. Been there before. Yeah. He was the medic in 2017. Done all of our tough classes and, you know, just never seen him quit. And it, it, just, it was just too much. And uh, so he made the correct decision of pulling back. And, you know, I got Percy to get one of his guys to take him back to the Maloka uh, just to hang out and hydrate and and meet back up with us on Thursday, you know, in, in Magdalena. So, yeah. And so we kept pushing on and then made it as far as we could, had to make a command decision. You know, we need to start making camp, get some swamp beds built and we need to be near water. And uh, so that's what we did. Turned out to be our nicest camp. And yeah. we spent two days there. Uh, once we got to camp and we kind of made the decision uh, to stop, Parker and I went down uh, we left the camp in good standing. <laughs> Things were okay. Uh, and Calm we, before the storm. Yeah, when when we came back to the camp, it kind of reminded me of that scene in Saving Private Ryan where they're storming the beach and that guy's just walking around looking for his arm. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> we had uh, Britt was looking for his legs. <laughs> Britt, uh, Britt was Britt was looking for his boy arm, <laughs> laying uh, on the ground, full body cramps. Head yeah, to toe, full body cramps. Gritting like, teeth and breathing like he was giving birth. <laughs> and uh, and uh, he yeah. was having a full body cramp from, is the only way to describe it. Head to toe. Never seen uh, it. Yeah. It was a sight to see. And um, I think he was scared. I think the best thing was that nobody else panicked and just kind of just worked around him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Stepped over him. Glad it's not me. Let him uh, work it out. There's nothing you can do at that point, really. I Just think uh, keep him comfortable and keep Austin the bugs off pro- Austin had projectile vomited at yeah, one point. All going on at the same time for the most part. Yeah. So we're trying uh, to get uh, the oral IVs, you know, trying to get that stuff into Brit. And he had some bouillon cubes uh, that helped with the sodium. You know, so he had like five or six of those in his mouth smelled. at a time. And, uh, you know, finally. He smelled like a soup kitchen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he smelled like boy on the whole trip. <laughs> finally got it under control Rothy. enough to where um, Matt and I could pick him up and put him in his swamp bed. And then we, you know, got his tarp rigged up and got the mosquito net around Yeah, him, yeah. Made sure he had what he needed for the night. And that was a process. That was over the course of like three hours. Yeah, hours. Three hours. That and was quick. Everybody. Yeah, that was that, with uh, with Persian Orton helping. Yeah, um, which are the actual, they're the experts there. You know, we right. are in awe of them and we're always refreshed and relearning every time we're around them. But meanwhile, everybody was making, well, three or four were making swamp beds and hanging hammocks and really just figuring out. What next? <laughs> this I, is day one. What are we going to do tomorrow? <laughs> I genuinely looked like when we came up from getting water, and this is the first time we've seen Brit, I was like, he, like, hmm. scrap the plan. We're all going to have to figure out a way to get him back to oh, yeah. the Maloka. That would have been worst case scenario because it would have been very hard I mean, to I was at that point. already thinking, okay, how's Percy going to teach, teach us how to do a jungle stretcher? Which <laughs> you could do, but 
Still, just getting, a lot of work that, getting him there. You'd have to clear so oh, much yeah. more trail. I just, I, I didn't think he'd be able to recover from yeah. from that. And it was great the next morning when he was up and around. And yeah, just I'm like, fine, guys. I was just happy to see him. <laughs> yeah, up yeah and being around worried, him. man. But, yeah. So we, I did not want to carry him. And the good thing is that the, the second day, you know, we spent kind of like I would say recuperating, rehydrating. Yeah. But time was not wasted. You know, Patrick was doing fire that day, and we gathered a lot of materials. And it's uh, it's always a thing to see fire, but it's a thing to see fire in a rainforest. Let's talk about fire in the jungle. Yeah. I'm a fire guy. I like fire. I don't want to be anywhere near a fire in the jungle. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> yeah, when that was... Or spicy noodles <laughs> later on that evening. So we, uh, we broke up into groups, and I think it was... Um, Two groups, so three guys, and then me and Britt were the other two group to get fire going. Um, and Britt was up, feeling good, obviously, mm. but he was – Britt is all go the whole time, and he'll tell you he is full speed the whole time. And, you know – Nothing but respect I, for that yeah, guy. exactly. <laughs> Ideally, we're not making a fire to last us four days. We're just wanting to prove that we can get it started and it'd be sustainable if we were to walk away for two, three minutes or whatever. So, and Britt is just hunting down these – massive sticks helping me doing everything he knows best to to gather some stuff to get this fire going i'm like Britt, it's okay like, let's just <laughs> let's, let's take a second there's no rush there's no time limit so it's not a race he's like you're right you're right you're right so we're sitting down and i think one group used artificial tinder but we were kind of under the impression that you couldn't so we were like okay let's just kind of tough this out so cool. we use some some uh dry grass that we found and then some other stuff just to get it going and once we got it going it took it i was pretty defeated like we got it we got it to catch a spark finally and we had thought we had a good tender bundle and we just couldn't get that toothpick size that pencil size stuff to light and we thought we lost it and it took brit it's like no there's still there's still an ember there so (laughs) he saved it but man i thought his sweat dripping over the fire was gonna put it out (laughs) Like yeah, once we finally got it you going, sometimes. you're still having to blow on the fire and everything. And he was, we he's, were both. He's, he did sweat yeah. more than any human I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. He, I, I don't think I'll ever meet anybody that. that I, thought sweat I sweat a lot, him. but man, he's a next level. Yeah, <laughs> it was master class. Kind of impressive. <laughs> having that fan really helped to uh, fan the flames for right. you know that. Um, it was very economical. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, we found some inner bark I had never seen before. Looked like poplar on the outside, but that little shredded stuff, I yeah, think. that's you know, what we used. And, you know, if you can get that, great. I have never seen it in 16 years of going back there. I've you know, never that, seen that. So. That first camp, cool. we saw pretty, we saw some pretty diverse environments right. within the jungle. That camp reminded me of a, like a lowland river bottom hardwood yep. high, high hardwood it was it was very different than any place it was a good spot i'd been and it, yeah it was you know we probably thought one of the best we've ever it seen honestly right? was and you know it, it we we kind of chose it as like well you know this is the best of of what we have but it actually was the flattest most open and we even got a chance to cook a little something i took some emergency noodles and some smoke deal and some stuff and rarely have you and i patrick ever had the chance to hang out by a fire. I mean, mm-hmm. usually you're in a place where it's it's very much like like the second time we camped, what you call yeah. in. Bugged Bugged in. in. Yeah. That's actually the norm. That's the norm. Yeah. It is. So to have this open area and we're kind of a little higher up was 
still what was interesting it was still a little easy what was interesting was you know high hardwood i don't know what the trees were but they reminded me of our maple here Mm -hmm. as far as hardness and texture Mm -hmm. and and bark uh but the ground covering was like a low mossy it was it i felt like i was in the northern forest low mossy covering um I, I should say, on the first night, I am recording Parker's checking. <laughs> uh, no. We have to check. So on that first night, we learned very quickly that you got to be in your you got to be in your hammock, your bug net, uh, like before dusk or at dusk. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, on that first night, uh, I'm in ha- <coughs> I'm in my I'm in a single layer Hem- Hennessy hammock uh, because I had to outfit two people with Parker and myself. He got the nice new war bonnet. Hammock, double layer. Bene- uh, benefit to being tall. Yeah. So, uh, fit in the other one. <laughs> yeah. So he uh, he would have had a hard time fitting in the Hennessy. It's a, it's almost a little short for me. Um, but it's single layer, and so I had a uh, Exped style accordion mat, and then I had a jungle bag on top. And I'd been in the hammock about forty five minutes, and there was a loud crack, and then the earth hit me. Um, <laughs> I was laying on the Master. ground. The tree that I had, had tied my hammock off to uh, uprooted and broke. And, That's uh, a loud crack we heard in yeah, our camp. Yeah, so, you yeah. guys were – we didn't camp right on top of each other, so we were kind of dispersed camped. Uh, Parker and I were camped kind of in a T-shaped. Uh, Matt Grace was just across the, the trail from us there. Um in in that fall, it dislodged my headlight that I had across the ridge pole, and I couldn't then find my headlight. So I just thought I'm just going to lay there. And I laid there about 20 minutes until I heard thunder and saw lightning. <laughs> um, and then I realized that Parker's tarp was going to waterboard me if it rained. And so reluctantly uh, and with renewed effort, I found my, my uh, headlight, checked my Crocs to make sure there was no surprises inside my Crocs. <laughs> rolled out of my hammock uh into just a, a, a swarm of blood sucking insects yeah. uh in my boxer shorts <laughs> glistening with sweat <laughs> uh retied my hammock uh it took me all of five or six minutes to reposition yeah, i had when he initially fell out I, I, I had offered for help but i was praying please don't say yes <laughs> Uh, yeah, um, I knew it was. I wasn't gonna get out. Yeah, don't. I wasn't gonna get out either way. You and Matt um, both did offer. I'll say. Yeah, that. Matt was like, "You all right?" From across the <laughs> best motivation you can offer is laughter. Yeah, I knew they were. <laughs> I, I knew they were hollow offers, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I wouldn't do that to somebody. So stupid ought to hurt. And uh, I'm glad nobody got hurt in that. Right. I was in that camp, you know, before you fell out, and just saw two big azulas on that same tree you were on. Oh yeah, that we have. We that saw like massive six azulas. of them at once. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. They stung, stung the tree and it fell over. <laughs> yeah, it was just I was helping man. Austin with a mosquito net and the tarp, and I just felt that feeling, that special feeling, and I kind of grabbed my, um, so it was on my right shoulder blade. With my left hand, I reached and I grabbed something under my shirt that was big and just <laughs> squished it as hard as I could and kind of did that, like, you know, let it go and bring the shirt out, but you never forget that sting. He got you. Yeah. It was it was late in the evening, so I knew like at five it was five thirty or five forty p.m. And I thought by the time I wake up for sure that should be gone, and it wasn't wasn't too bad. <laughs> it was your alarm clock the next well, day. Yeah, yeah. Not like you're sleeping well there anyway. I had told you 
Oh, we were around the hammock, and there's about five or six Azulas, and Dad's kind of going to town on them, trying to that knock area. them off and kill them. And I said, look, one of his buddies is going to remember, remember <laughs> this, and he's going to come for you. And I guess their way was to chop, chop, tree, chop down. tree down. That uh, area was very um, Azula-prone. Yeah. I cut one in half with the kukri. And I could see and hear where both halves landed Hit the ground. on the ground. <laughs> That's how yeah, big like it you, was. You, if you flick an ant off you here, you don't know where it goes. You flick an ant off you out there, and you can see it land, kick up a leaf, and you then hear, walk off. You hear the thud. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like. And I'm joking. And when, at night when you get up to go pee or whatever, um, you think about that. So you put your camp shoes or I had these like kind of croc-looking things. And... Um, yeah, I think the best thing is like you put your camp shoes on, not the boots, and just kind of like march in place. It's going to sound weird, but the more you move your feet and just kind of keep going, hopefully the less they climb up and just keep slapping yourself. And uh, much like, you know, Izzy's tail there. And um, <laughs> through, the course the of the, yeah, through the course <laughs> of the week, I perfected the art of peeing out of a hammock, although the first night I was learning – and uh, I, I wound up peeing in my right croc, which was right below me. Uh, Better the croc than the boot. <laughs> yeah, always wise to uh, to bang the uh, bug net off before you start sticking anything out mm. there. Um, yeah. So uh, day, that would be let's, day one, day two. Let's say Wednesday, the march. The march, death march, uh, to worst worst hike, worst worst uh, camp, worst <coughs> day. day period a a longish hike for us not really that long <laughs> not really that long but just the the environment um i can't remember what i said and hadn't said since we started recording but <laughs> one thing i noticed i didn't do it the first night but i did it every night after this was i made sure i took a liter of water with me to bed every night yeah yeah and my goal was to drink that liter while i was in the rack right i would go to bed hydrated pee and clear Drink a liter of water, pee two or three times at night, wake up the next morning, and be completely dehydrated. So that, that's something that, yeah. that happened nonstop. Uh, we hiked uh, heading to Camp Bugdalena on the way to the Magdalena Village. Yeah. Uh, we passed through several, uh, one massive clear cut. Clear cut. Slash oh. and burn style clear cut. I think that was... That was the that was everybody's low point. You, yeah. You're super exposed. There are very few clearings in the jungle. Yeah. And this was like, we just kind of like came out of a little village and school people. It wasn't very crowded, but they had a huge clearing where they chop the trees down. And they make charcoal there. That's what they had. They had just a lot of charcoal over the tarps. And Percy was saying, this is where they make charcoal. It's in this clear area. And um, the sun exposure is... It's not always an issue, but when you combine it with the uh, humidity and the heat. The black surface of the charcoal. The lack of food. <laughs> I think all those things all kind of played it. into to when, it. Um, when we hit that clear cut, there was like you walked into a sauna. Like there was a perceptible. I mean, I felt the the temperature change and the, the, the heat index, the humidity. And then, of course, we uh, went uphill we to the to the right hand side didn't we cross it and we, then we had to cross we did it. we yeah. did and yeah. we were very lucky to see some locals come up and percy yeah. wasn't sure where the trail was so he sent one of the guys up and they found the trail on the trail that we were on and we eventually stopped where you stopped mm -hmm. too for a while 
was not the right way. So we actually had to go back through the abyss <laughs> onto the right trail, which from that point on was shady. Yeah. But um, you only kind of trade one problem for another sometimes, it seems like. Well, I think uh, the one thing you can't – like. Our house here is 767 feet above sea level. Mm. Uh, if I hop on a plane and fly to Denver and go to Pikes Peak, I'm going to have issues. You can't train for altitude when you live here. Um, the one thing that I just don't think you can really accommodate for until you really experience it is just what the environment does to your body. And, and then also the lack of food. Um, yeah, I often tell people just standing there having a conversation like we are now. It's difficult and hard. Yeah. I mean, our, our founder, Jeff Randall, years ago told me that when you're even at sea level and, and that much humidity and that much, um, you know, shrubbery and everything is fighting for air, feels like you're at elevation four to 5,000 feet. And uh, I yeah. think I felt that the first time. Um, I think uh, I think it makes sense. Everything is uh, a little harder to motivate. And then, yeah, we pushed on. And I know you had a hard day that day. I'd never seen you as tired as that Wednesday. So, and I know you're you're always fit and you know <laughs> ready for the event and stuff. Well, what I knew at that point was I was on the rev limiter, and one thing I can say that I, I I've been there enough to know that I wasn't offering help to anybody because I couldn't help them. And I mean, I, I literally I I knew that the best thing I could do was to not burn too many matches because I didn't have too many more to give personally. Yeah. Uh, and then I was going to become a, a, liability, a right. burden and a liability. That and was day three. <laughs> that was day three. Yeah. I was, and, I was out of matches. <laughs> yeah. I was all out of matches. I didn't bring any matches. <laughs> and uh, I had not eaten at that point. I'd had no food uh, or very little food mm. other than, I guess, a ketos. We had a few little snacks in Tom Shiaku. Casino. Um, Survival tip. That's a hack. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you, I wanted to be. Uh, I was toting. I was toting a very heavy pack. I had a lot of camera gear and had a lot of med gear. Uh, we'll, we'll talk more on that later. But mm -hmm. I was toting a very heavy pack. Um, a part and parcel of that has to do with maybe being a little bit under prepared, not taking the time to do what I needed to do. But then also because Parker was with me. I had contingency on contingency, way more than I should have. I overpacked mm. by a wide margin. Yeah. Uh, the camera gear was heavy, uh, batteries. Um, anyway, on that particular day, easily my lowest day. And, mm. uh, and Ruben takes off with our guides. We call it Bug <laughs> Delana because it was the buggiest camp we had. I mean, yeah. when I say buggy, these gold annoying gnats that yeah. when you, if you accidentally squished them or something, they would stain your skin and clothes permanently like iodine. <laughs> I call them iodine bees. I don't know what they are. Um, but, uh, Ruben goes bebopping off, uh, with our mm. guides that day. Uh, yeah, once we made camp, we wanted, I want to interrupt you, but the reason behind me wanting to go ahead with them because there's the time that we all live and know by our watches, and there's something very special called Peruvian time, <laughs> which you know is an absence of time. <laughs> it, you know, it's flexible. So, um, and I know this. You know, and and there's one person I trust in that entire country is Percy. You know, he's been good to us for several years. 
So when he says, yeah, the villages here are not too far. Um, that, that was a hard day just to get to that, Point. that camp. Once it was okay, this is camp. We got there at about 10 45 a.m. Yeah. So we had so much time for three or four guys to make swamp beds, everybody to put up camp. That's a lot of time to, you, you only had to walk 30 feet if, if you were far to the creek to get hydrated. Yeah, yeah. Right. No reason to not take it easy and hydrate. But the next day I thought, well, I want to see what we're up against. So I show me, <laughs> show <Yeah>. me the <laughs> way. So the first trail we took was now I don't have a pack. I have a machete and water and those guys don't have anything but a couple of machetes. So we're, we're literally, and you know, the, the rate they go at, we're, we're almost, when we're not holding we're trail, trail, <laughs> we're trail running. running. So I think it's 45 minutes to get to Magdalena, but the way we went, we first, he showed me the Tom river and then two bridges that were boy. And you had to go down <laughs> on this muddy bank and up and out. And then we well, get there. You too. showed us where two bridges used to be. Yeah. Well, they were still there. They were just, it was like a wood pile and just, a, it, it was pretty rough. And so anyway, um, we were there, we, we, um, met with the local, uh, bodega place the uh, quite the establishment yeah and um she was someone's free trader <laughs> so i i'll just be clean come clean with it the locals uh they had some ovachato which is like a peruvian wine or something of sorts so the guys have been so good to us for so many days helping carrying packs and making swamp beds and dragging people around so we sat down and had a few but on the way back, I was like, Percy, there's got to be another way, like a, a better way, a more direct way. Oh, you want to go on the other trail? Yeah. So we went on the other trail back, which which, which was way better. That's the one we took, you know, so I was trying to count the hills, but everything's <laughs> in the opposite. And they stopped to chase a fox for a while and, you know, play with a snake and you know, that got away. Then we, we ended up getting back there at about 1.30 p.m., I think, to the uh, mm -hmm. camp you guys were at. But I wanted to get a fair assessment of what we're up against the next day because 45 minutes for us, practically trail running, it's realistically going to be like an hour and a half with packs. And Four hours slow. the way we were moving. <laughs> uh, well, the way I was moving especially. And the fact that we had all day in that camp to kind of acclimate, so to speak, well, I was um, I was hopeful you know, that, that, that the, the last day, that Thursday hike, wouldn't be too bad or terrible. And, and it wasn't. Well, that, uh, in the shade, that Wednesday, that was a miserable day for me. Yeah. Uh, and to the point of where I am, I'm here in the ocean in with calorie debt. If I'm, mm -hmm. if I stand up, the world spins. I'm right. like all the things from being, you know, depleted. Uh, I can remember. And the camp was just so disc. I mean, we it was just a real crappy camp, and like you just had to you had to make do yeah, with so the people of your camp. Where you have to uh, where you have to hang. I mean, like we were just everybody like, was on top of each other. Yeah, everybody was on top of each other. It was it that was, was really, my favorite camp day, honestly. <laughs> I, oh, I hated it. So. Some people make my, good use of their time. Some didn't. Yeah. Well, yeah. The, <laughs> I was gonna say uh, earlier, just like prison time. <laughs> so, uh, so. So for me, I was doing some mental gymnastics that day. Yeah. I think everybody handles that in their own way in their yeah. own time, right? And I just kind of withdraw. I get in my head. I focus. And I wanted to kill somebody that day. It didn't matter who. <laughs> but I was just 
We know. No, no, it really wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't any. We know who. It wasn't anyone personal. It was. I was just done. And I could tell you these. I was like, you know, these damn bugs. Just like it was. And at four fifteen in the afternoon. Yeah, you were in. in I'm sitting there. I'm thinking you were getting ready at three forty-five. No, you got to spend about fifteen hours in that thing. I didn't care. I was just so over it, hmm. and I thought, what factor can I control here that's going to help me mentally? And the bugs were driving me insane. I'll tell you what was, what was the worst about that one was the ants. Oh, yeah, the ants, yeah. There were some ants, but there were those weird, like, flying things that when I came back from, yeah. you know, Magdalena, with the, everybody just laying there happily covered. In a blanket of well, these little flying, They were things. falling out of the trees, too. <laughs> That's where we're all getting stoned. They're falling out of the trees or, or jumping on us or whatever. I'd been stoned. I'd been, I was just, just covered in bugs. Yeah. I shook all that thing off, and I was in the rack done But before that, before that, I finally had a time, a little bit of time to set up my camp. So I found the trees, and there was a whole lot of brush to clear. So mm-hmm. you clear the camp, and... That's an effort. And mm-hmm. while we're doing that, I'm hearing my name yelled, Reuben, Reuben. Like, I'm the only Reuben here. Oh, yeah. I forgot about this. And then uh, our guides, Percy and Oren, they'd found a red-tailed boa. Well, so um, they're like, yeah, yeah, you, you must catch it. <laughs> but Parker, <laughs> you kind of follow along, too. Yeah. Like, well, why don't you go in and catch that? <laughs> so I've been – I was telling um, the guys earlier, I was like, man, I didn't know you could get this tired because after the hike, you just – Set up your hammock and lay down for three mm. hours. You get up to try and cut something down, and you're just as tired. Um, I'd finally got a little bit of energy in me um, to help some of the the guys make the swamp bed. So I start cutting down a tree, and ants are falling all over your back. So did did kinda, it have anything to do with the seven pounds of gummy bears that you had? Well, no, that's that's in the gear talk. <laughs> I, I may have had a energy spurt, but I start hearing, "Hermano, hermano." Come here, like they were. And I was like, I was like, I was like, hold on, like something's going on over there. And it was some of the the local guys They're screaming, yeah, yeah, to to come over. And I was like, hey, this sounds interesting. So I kind of got like a spurt of energy, and I see Ruben second wind come, yeah, second wind going running over there in the woods. And I'm like, this is gonna be cool. So we go over there and. I said, you catch it? Nah. I said, that's all you big guy. Well, you got it. You got it. You got it. You got this. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, you know, we got a red tail boa from the creek there. And, um, you know, we uh, kept that as a pet, showed it off and took pictures <laughs> like Santa Claus. And then um, we put it in a bag and we took it to the village I, the next day. Yeah. And, a video of Percy catching that. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting how they do that. But um, the rest of the night was just like... I think it took six to eight hours it for some people to make their swamp. Eight bed. hours, yeah. And that's just a whole lot of compounding factors, you know, um, calorie depletion. They always, Jeff and Mike, the founders, always joked and said we should call this a weight loss and sleep deprivation program. And I think it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or it was uh, for a while. But the next day, um, was it Thursday? Thursday? Yeah, yeah, yeah we did Thursday. the hike, and you know, we we it's stopped cool. a little cool bit. That to see. Yeah, we were all we were yeah, in shade almost cool. the entire time. We had two or three hills. Um, I'd just been eighteen hours in a hammock. I felt great. <laughs> <laughs> see, I hated again. Uh, some water vines. Um, that was cool. Which are which are really cool to see and uh, to know about hydration along the way. 
it's very hard to to not be hydrated naturally from water in the jungle or to die of starvation if you don't have that gag factor there's a lot of little you know little things you can you can get like the ice the ice cream bean um yeah yeah so that ended up being like 45 minutes to an hour just to get to the village and um, as let, promised, let, let me back I, up right I, there. I told Shane we would have tuna and crackers. Let me back up right there. Let's go back to my low. Uh, oh, Ruben yeah. came bebopping back from uh, Magdalena that day with fables of this uh, store that had saltines, crackers, and tuna. And... It's glorious. He didn't glorious. bring any tuna back there. He didn't bring anything back. Crackers no, back it's a magical that day. Place. He brought crackers and some uh, crackers. Yeah, crackers and vanilla crackers. That yeah, gave yeah. me a and stories, fables, and hope. Yeah, hope. It gave me hope. <laughs> the land of tuna. And and uh, how all crackers. for hours and hours and hours, I laid in that hammock thinking about <laughs> uh, all the times I grew up eating potted meat and crackers with my dad, or Vienna sausage, or whatever. <laughs> And I'm thinking, I am going to eat me some tuna and saltines tomorrow. And so, uh, and he did. Back work to <laughs> back whatever to. I had to say to motivate to get people there. <laughs> I knew it was the last big push, and it wouldn't be the first time I had to pull somebody up. To straight up lie. Well, yeah, I had to do that with my cousin several years ago. He's hypothermic, and he's you know like trying to get him just to get back there and used every trick in the book, every story I had. <laughs> so, uh, that wasn't too off. It, yes, it was tuna. Well, it just happened to be, I'm not sure it was, I'm not sure it was tuna. They had two uh, cats there. So yeah, we, we did, we finished out our forced, uh, our forced death march, uh, to, uh, Magdalena mm. and we walk in. Speaking of walking in. Yeah, speaking of walking in, here comes Jackson. We looking, walk into Magdalena. Um, we walk into Magdalena. Mm-hmm. And, and, to, and when we talk about bodegas or stores or any of that stuff, we're just in somebody's house. That's what it boils down oh, yeah. to. We're literally in Raised somebody's platform. house. Somebody's yeah. room, much. There ain't no Costco. There's no convenience store. You're literally walking into somebody's living room, and they just happen to have some stuff there that's for sale right. or trade. And, and what's amazing about that is we, we've witnessed it's usually our guides who just kind of take over. They kind of take <laughs> over, and, and anything, you, is this okay? They're like, yeah, yeah, it's all right, fine, it's okay. So you just end up like taking over somebody's house. Somebody's house. It's just a raised platform with an amazing thatched roof. You see, oh, yeah, that yeah, was yeah. like really new. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was, the um, scaffolding. I laid there on my back for a bit after the, <laughs> after my experience with yeah. the tuna. So we get to uh, Magdalena, and this is literally the first hut walking into the village coming off the right. trail. And it's dropped the pack, and I am on board for some tuna and saltines. There's Inca, like room temperature Inca Cola there, which if you... Oro. If you want to know what uh, yeah, Inca Cola is like, just imagine if you took Mountain Dew and compressed it down to just the sugar and the soda. <laughs> Cotton candy um, and bubblegum. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, so we bought some tuna. Uh, I bought a can of tuna and some crackers and a, a glorious little bottle. Well... <laughs> Well, there's some, there's some, still some debate That's on what they say. Who, who bought what. <laughs> um, I'm kidding. And so I take a sip of, of Inca Cola and immediately 
get that little bit of pep. Like, back. oh man, yeah, I feel this. I'm coming back around. Open my saltine crackers. Yeah. Uh, open my can of tuna. Yes. And when I open it, it looks different than what I was expecting. It smells different. It looks like pate, uh, like you had taken fancy Peruvian tuna, something Rich and kid. just blended it uh, into oblivion and then dehydrated it. I took a large. Uh, I had a spoon. <laughs> I took a pretty good, like a spoonful, put it on a cracker and ate it. And then felt that grow to like a bowling ball, and I choked it down. Vomit in my mouth, and uh, it was awful. But because I was so hungry, I looked over at Patrick and I said, "Do you have any of that ahi sauce? Or you offered maybe you might. I got some ahi sauce. You still ate it. So I put ahi sauce on there the second time, and uh, I told Patrick, I said, "This is cat food." This is absolutely cat food. <laughs> they did have two cats. They did have. I'm not. I'm not sure the cats would have eaten it. Uh, I would. There was so much left over. If you gave me a choice between licking that cat's butt or eating more of that tuna, I think we know which one I would Here, choose. Kitty, kitty. But it got you there, <laughs> kitty kitty. So <laughs> there is a uh, there's a photo that I didn't post because I look like a total goofball in it, where I have that can of tuna in my mm-hmm. hand and it's like Gollum in the ring. I am absolutely thrilled, <laughs> ear to ear. Grinning. Yeah, grinning. And then the very next photo, I'm just laying prone out on the ground, like completely. Completely defeated. deflated and defeated. In my head, I thought, we'll be laughing about this in two weeks. And here we are. <laughs> here we are a month later. Um, oh. Yeah, but, you know, that day we first got there, it wasn't just all, you know, uh, imitation Inca Cola and cat food. We actually had to do, uh, we had to make raft. So oh what we did, what we had to do, and I will say this, um, I'd never walked so far to get balsa wood to make rafts as that. We walked, what did we walk, Parker? Like 20 minutes? Yeah, easily, one way. It was on a trail, but it was like hills and yeah, valleys. it was not flat. And then it was like, there are some balls. So like, that's not on the trail. I mean, obviously, it's in. Yeah. They have these um, very uh, easy to spot leaves. I can't explain it. Um, and the dark bark. Mm-hmm. So a couple of our guides had to cut a little bit away into the forest just so we can harvest this balsa wood. Now balsa wood is some of the softest, most buoyant, really, um, um, I would say it's not very common. So when they do have balsa and they take it, the balsa you have is better than the balsa you don't have. So we had to, we had to do a little bushwhacking to get into mm-hmm. them clear enough ground to comfortably safely be able to chop um, these pieces that were, I don't know, 10, 12 inches, Depends eight on, inches. Yeah. I mean, Parker had different sizes. Yeah. Parker carried out a, a chunk of, you like, end up getting the big one. They were yeah. Yeah. Young blood. I was sort right. of letting them go. Like everybody grabbed theirs and, and you mm-hmm. want it to be, I think they said up to your armpit. So it needs mm-hmm. to be double that. So you have two pieces um, right. that go up to your armpit. And well, which is amazing. Cause you take down a 20 or 30 foot tree and you can only get, Two pieces two or three out of it yeah. is weird. So the the first one, you remember the first piece? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I used the kukrion because it was really thick, and I thought, well, let's just get this down. And when it fell, then we just kind of dragged it. And everybody kind of like took a measurement, estimated, yeah, yeah the best Britt, they could. Britt got the first 
chunk of that. Yeah, he got the first chunk of that after I took that tree down. We dragged it out, and then it was just like. Then I got the second, and it was smaller, and you said, that's going to be too small. And I said, I'll make do. I'll make it work. I'll float. (laughs) And we've seen uh, some. different type of wood but that was the right type of wood you know yeah. it was um it was a uh, it was i thought that was going to be the hardest part of it the walk back you know to uh not just back to the yeah. magdalena but we got to carry to the water that, that no, you know mine. a little bit above the water just to make them and um it, it it's always a thing to revisit how to make that cordage from the ball so when you have to slice yeah. it mm-hmm. there's just that like you separate the bark from this rope and it breaks off and it, you know, everybody was just kind of breaking. Strong. These guys yeah. don't get a chance to do it. They're the experts, but they don't do it all the time because most of the time when they're doing those trips, they're kind of going, you know, petting some monkeys yeah. and looking at some stuff. So even they were kind of like ripping it off and then you get this little piece, but you really <laughs> only need two really good pieces to tie the rafts. Mm-hmm. And um, what we made mine, the rafts. Mine had plenty. Mine had plenty. Yeah, of, yeah, yeah. He had a lot of bark. Yeah, that was. <laughs> and mine. you had to debark them. That's so. We yeah, that's to, the thing. Yeah, that's yeah. the hardest part. We had all those, all the help, and then you know you make the raft, and you. Um, and we're making this raft because again, we were also collecting stuff for a signal fire. This is a survival class, so we're trying to do passive signaling, active signaling, sure, and then right. ultimately it ends in a self rescue. Yeah, I mean it follows the whole. I mean, maybe we should back up, but we didn't really mention this first place that. The whole course is designed around a down pilot. You know, pilot they do a lot of uh, low elevation, you know, flying, and they get hung up in trees, and the chances of them just kind of being hung up and stuck and having to walk out are, you know, very uh, high. So, yeah, you, you first want to try to navigate and, and you know find some place, and then if you have to make camp, you make camp. So we kind of follow along with that uh, criteria, and um, making fire is just it's never easy, um, but that's part of it, and. Um, you get to the point of like, okay, let's try to get out of here. You can't. So signal fire. And then the last thing we do is self-rescue with the rafts. Yeah. I think we kind of followed that and um, getting the rafts out in the sun to kind of let everything kind of dry out and situate. And the next day um, we just kind of, well, that night, first of all, we, um, we, uh, (laughs) well, we ate, we had a fire. So uh, two of the guys that were really like uh, the ones we wanted to focus on to help make the fire, um, we we kind of made them get all their fire prep mm-hmm. together, yeah. and um, they they knocked it out. You know, we just yeah. kind of like gave them a lot of advice and stern words, and uh, <laughs> despite the distractions, you know, can, can we concentrate on making fire? <laughs> yeah. hey, please well, was, just make a fire. It wasn't even that nice, but uh, but <laughs> we did. We got a fire, and um, we had a nice little jungle feast with a swamp grill and some exotic. Tastes, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, lots of different seasonings and salt and. Uh, With the, the, getting that first taste of meat, protein, yeah, it, man, on. it was like I felt a, a I just felt it wash over me. Um, yeah, I do want to make mention on something too on this. Um, Patrick had carried at at uh, Mike's request. Uh, I'm sorry, Mike's kid's request. Mm-hmm. We carried a small batch of, of his ashes. Yeah, and, that's right. And did. so, uh, yeah, she asked me at, um, at Blade Show. She said, are y'all going to Peru in October? She uh, is Holly, Mike's Mike's daughter. And I said, yeah. yeah. And uh, she asked if I could sprinkle some of his ashes down there in Peru because it was so near and dear to him. And and I you know, almost broke down when she asked. And I said, you know, it would be an honor. And uh, so then – 
I had to worry and figure out, you know, how do you fly with somebody's ashes? <laughs> Turns out it's not a big deal at all. I guess people do it all the time. Yeah. And uh, so just carried carried Mike around with me that week and mm. ended up uh, sprinkling in the Tom Shiaco River, the Tawaiyo River, and the Amazon itself. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So that was it. That was, that made, yeah. There was something about that camp at Magdalena. I mean, knowing that we were closing down our jungle portion of it. Yeah. Um, that was special. Was, yeah, yeah, it was. I mean, you know, we 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 spent some time with a good friend and founder, Mike. You know, our uh, good buddy, and like to leave that camp and leave him there too was kind of a mm-hmm. that's was, a cool it was the thing. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah. It was uh, I remember that old dude. Um, shortly after we got there, this man, I mean, paddled up in a in a yeah. dugout that looked like he was about a thousand years old. <laughs> he was a thousand and two. With, he used the machete, twenty four inch machete, as a cane. He had some piranha. Yeah, two piranha, and then uh, they were camped just up the hill. And uh, Parker and I got to hear him and his old lady fight all night. Then yelled, the "Dog!" <laughs> I thought it was you guys, and I went yeah, to visit nope. your camp, and it was no, no, <laughs> no. We had a front row seat to it. Well, he was. Uh, he was digging out a board, so hand hewning yeah, a, bo- a board, board. Yeah. just yeah for hours, <laughs> like for, a metronome, from like six p.m. to yeah. And, and first thing, and first thing, he's he the rooster's crow, and he's <laughs> same pace the entire time. It was yeah. honestly kind of impressive. He was able to keep the pace. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we ended up there in Magdalena. We did get some food, mm-hmm. uh, and then the next day, our last day there. Uh, those of us that wanted to and had built rafts, we got to float out on the uh, what is it? What river? Is that, River. Right? Is that nice? Yeah, Time Shalke River to the uh, Amazon. Yeah, That's what it was. So it, we got oh, another, that was awesome. I think we picked you guys up before we actually hit the Amazon, but it was yeah. a good like forty minutes of you guys in the There's water. And it rained. That yeah. was the cool. There was something it always that, rains when we are in the water. It it was, when I was in the water in two thousand seven. Something I don't know what it was about that. It was just cool and yeah, uh, cleansing. I took some photos. I need to get some of the video I have. Oh, yeah, yeah. Parker's got some 360 video. Um, I took some photos down there that the more I look at them, the more I like them. You know, like Mm. just some of the river and boats on the water. And and, um, that was just such a cool little village to me. Uh, It was. I mean, for what it was, and I think that's something that will always stick out in our minds, you know, for the next few years. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, And then we took a... uh, the boat ride was, just a, you know, we talk about a boat ride. We're on the Amazon, and it's a massive river, and it's it is their, is their yeah, interstate right. highway. So when we're on Definitely. these, you know, we're in these boats, we, we get to see other boats and barges and trees floating down the middle and that kind of stuff. Um, but I, I guess that ride to Tom Shiaku, was a, it was obviously quicker going downstream than up. Mm. Uh, that was, for me, that's where the weight really begin to like okay it's a ton but this is you know i got some food in my stomach i'm feeling a little better um but that was a neat process to uh, i'm glad we had that boat time and then the time in tom shiaku uh i love this bill i love tom shiaku mm-hmm. it's a cool place you notice like it, it it the course is set up and maybe it's set up on purpose or it just kind of happens that way where you really go from this place to this place and then you slowly kind of come back to 
wouldn't say it's like a full circle it's like easing back into civilization yeah 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 I didn't want it to wasn't say easy though that, man by the it, time it, we it, got it, back into into Ikidos right. man it was sensory overload yeah. it is I, I and, almost and, wanted to go back to the suffer right. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah 2007 we're coming back into town it was my first trip out I was a student and there was some kind of thing as they have with uh, transportation with cabs and stuff so you know Jeff and Mike said we could go back to Tom Shiaku. We can do one more night here on the Amazon, just kind of camp someone like somewhere on the beach. And everybody was like, well, camp here on the beach. And that was very different too. Cause it was like an extra day. You didn't, um, everybody, um, I, I think they budgeted time wise for that. And we just camped on a sandy, weird beach. And if you're on the Amazon river, you're camping, you realize you don't have any mosquitoes. There's just too much right. wind. It's very open. There weren't any trees. And that was kind of a cool, it was like, the only time ever, and I think but, every but that trip river is does unique. have a tide. Like we noticed, you know, it tide coming up, tide mm-hmm. going down, which was pretty yes, interesting yes, to me. Yeah, it really affects the boat when you have to go over these logs and stuff. But I think every time we've been there, it's been a unique trip. Oh yeah, no trip is you like the other. Time. Everything's different, and you just have to. I always heard that the art of travel is to be flexible, and I think this type of trip is definitely a testimony to that. The, our last uh, our last supper with our guides there. Yeah, and, uh, that was awesome. Tom Shaku. Uh, oh, and we <laughs> need to talk about y'all's uh, trip to the disco. Uh, oh, yeah. We had um, <laughs> so one of our guides. Uh, it was Gerardo. Gerardo. His, his birthday. Not Rivera. Allegedly. It was yeah. it, it was allegedly <laughs> his <old> birthday, <laughs> and so uh, if you notice photos where some guys got flour on eggs, him, on and eggs on his head, I didn't that's, know about the flour until that night. That's yeah. their custom, not ours. And yeah. so we had to uh, bust eggs over his head and uh, and and spread some flour on him, and then and then the boys decided they wanted to go to a disco there in town. You can call it that, yeah, disco. And, and uh, <laughs> the only two from our group that decided to go was Parker and Ruben. Well, I decided to go and to drag him with me. So, like, right. yeah, it was. We're just, here we go. Yeah, <laughs> Ruben Rickshaws. Yeah, Ruben was all in. Um, and it being my first time in any situation like this, having never traveled or anything, you know, I was very much like the I want to do as much as I can. Like I want to see everything. I want to do everything. <laughs> so when they said disco, I'm like, I'm gonna be able to go back and say I partied with some Peruvian disco to stuff, you know? Like, and I'm the same dudes. <laughs> yeah, I don't even party at home. Like, I can't tell you the last time I've been out um, as a college student. Yeah. And uh, so when Ruben said he was going, I was like, ah, sure, I'll go too. We need to make sure we have at least one other guy going. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so we walk about two blocks down from where we were staying. <clears throat> we were in a rickshaw. Did, we did take a, we so went we, to so a we rickshaw. Took, we w- took a rickshaw, um, and then so Percy is the only person with us that speaks English, um, and he speaks it pretty well. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The rest of the guys are only Spanish. Oren uh, is uh, like sixty yeah, percent. Yeah, <laughs> he he has a long yeah. way to go, but he he understands. Spanglish yeah. was the. Um, um, the language of the week. What ends up happening is Oren and Percy, our English-speaking guides, um, go to drop the rickshaw off because how Percy acquired a rickshaw, I don't know. And they took it back um, or something? Yeah, they took weird. it. They probably returned it to the house that they stole it from. <laughs> Not actually, but... Um, and they leave us with Gerardo, the birthday boy, Julino, his little brother, and then um, one, one other fellow that we met there, and they don't speak any... English, so it's pretty much we all walk in, and it's me, Ruben, those three guys, 
and, and the disco loud. dude and the sound system the lights everything was next level it was crazy tech. like it went all out and there's nobody there and it was a Saturday night right soul yeah Friday night uh Friday night so we not a soul in there the same seven dudes same seven dudes yeah. <laughs> we sat down and uh I, we were sitting down at this table and it's pretty much just us and you know they tell up and tell you to dance they want to see the green go dance or whatever so I stand up and we're all like these seven dudes are just kind of doing this little <laughs> two-step two for a little bit. And then... They got a bunch of pictures, too. They're quite yeah, funny. Uh, doing the they were all on, the, on their social medias. <laughs> and Yeah, or they're probably bragging to their friends about how... Or making fun of us. And it was it was really fun. I have a good... Uh, I have some videos on my phone and stuff. It just it, And it's just, if you look in the video, it's just seven dudes in this big and, and At one thing. point, I was like, Parker, we're going. Let's Ooh, go. Yeah, I, I, I could tell. I was like... I'm kind of feeling out no. the vibe. I'm like, is Ruben ready to go? And so like, I think I used the bathroom like three times <laughs> just left. to get away. And I looked at Ruben. I said, hey, man, I just want to let you know I'm ready to go whenever you are. I'm just kind of hanging. He said, all right, we'll, we'll leave here in about 20 minutes. And he immediately starts greeting Let's people go. goodbye. <laughs> he was like, yeah. I was like, oh, we're going right now. Just so, get that feeling, yeah. Let's go. Yeah. And we're yeah. walking. We're like, do we even know how to get back? <laughs> yeah, we just kind of walked in the direction that we, we saw. Square. I mean, it's it's not the hardest place to go to. I mean, to find yeah. that. Yeah, we walked throughout two blocks <laughs> back to the hotel, yeah, and that was. was like a man. That was weird. And it was it was weird, like, wasn't it? Yeah, it was weird. It's like, yeah, that was. <laughs> y'all, y'all really weren't gone that long because I think we were gone like thirty minutes because everybody was still up. God no! It man. felt like five hours. It is like we've been here forever. The same dudes. <laughs> yeah, like I yeah. turned around. I was like, "Y'all are already back." And you're like, "Yeah, yeah." yeah. yeah. On the way out, um, you must pay. Yeah, because maybe we had a beer. You know, the way Peruvians drink. This is um, where vet, Ruben's veterans comes in. Well, the way Peruvians drink is it doesn't matter how many you have. You have one cup or glass. Oh, and let's one talk. Beer. You, you're missing a major point here. Is their beers? Are massive. massive. Yeah, they are. You're it's, talking I about like liters. Liter. About a liter, almost a liter. Uh, yeah. Six fifty mil. It's a hundred fifty millimeter so, yeah. short of a liter, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you, you have one cup and you pass it around, and then the next one comes out, and you know. So after a little bit of that, and you know, you were kind of sitting out on that. It was just it was just time to go. <laughs> it was really funny because our guide Percy followed me out, and it was it was his party and their party and stuff. And, Asked if I paid the bill and like, really? <laughs> no, that's your party. So and we just walked out. We just walked out. Yeah, while Ruben and Percy were outside, um and yeah. leaving, I was still inside saying goodbye to some of the guys and the only person there that's not drinking out of the cup. Um <laughs> and they're like, Oh, can you pay? And I'm sitting here like, you know what, it's Friday. Is that what they said to you? Yeah, they said you know uh, can you help with the bill? And I'm like, you know what, it's Friday. I don't know how much this is gonna cost. I've got like hundred and fifty souls left. And I'm like, here, here's thirty souls just to put it down. And it was more of like for the birthday sucker. guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they suckered me and come to find out Ruben's outside and he tells Percy like, Your party. Yeah, it's your party. You we walked off. And I was like, well, <laughs> Damn it, Ruben! I wish I was there for that. One thing that was really cool is that you know when, when it's his birthday, I guess the idea was uh, we're gonna break some eggs over him and like everybody gives him a little something that yeah. is theirs, not something you buy, something that's a little more personal. So I think at the end of the night, he ended up with a, a wave yeah, super tool, out. yeah, give yeah. a tough possum gear pouch, oh, yeah, a Swiss Army knife. He, I gave him my SC four. Yeah, I, I, I gave him uh, a Baco Laplander expert. Wow, all that stuff is. Sold now, and oh, he yeah. probably bought three machetes and three twenty-five sold machetes. <laughs> yeah, 
but um, went to the club some more. Those guys are a lifeline down there. You know, we've we've always trusted them and respect them. And Percy always has a, a really good team of people. Right. Man, they they that I was so impressed by all of them. Yeah, uh-huh. You know, uh, uh, yeah. The, the ones that couldn't speak English, we all worked to communicate. Mm. Man, the work ethic those guys had. It's and, insane. Right? Built like an ox. Probably never worked out a day in their life, and they're all built just from what they do. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, those guys are the real experts. And- it was cool yeah. to see uh, some of the younger guys. I was uh, – Jean-Paul was 20. Julinho was 22. Gerardo was 32. And, and even though I couldn't understand a word they were saying pretty much the whole time, I felt like I was – Fairly bonded with them, just be, being age. similar in John age. Paul, we uh, John Paul spoke good English. John Paul did yeah. spoke, uh, he did. speak he's, good English. He's learning, too. He's, he's getting better. I still uh, keep up with him on Instagram a little bit, so it's cool. That's good. Um, good he'll message people. me here and there. So he has uh, Parker's uh, – he has Parker's uh, couple Swiss things. Army knife. Swiss Army um, knife. With my name engraved on it and gave him that. And then Julinho has my – Casio, my favorite watch, my twenty-two. Like, you gave him that one? Yeah, I oh, gave him my good, Casio. Good man. Um, and we had a picture of him holding that. It looks better on him than me, anyway. So, <laughs> so, uh, so let's do this real quick. Anything else on the travel side to recap? I think you just got to be flexible and go with it, and um, try to extract as much fun as you can from it because everything's different. It's going to be different. Never say you're American. Don't ask if they take U.S. dollars. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> good tips there. Anybody asked me where I was from, I always said Canada. <laughs> Egypt. Um, Egypto. Yeah. I'm I believe Canada. Uh, yeah. I'm from Canada. Canada. <laughs> Canada. <laughs> no, you're not. So expectation yeah. versus reality, Parker. Uh, real quickly, bugs. Expectation versus reality. Uh, I thought it was going to be extremely just unbearable with the bugs. The bugs in our yard don't bite as much, but they itch more. At least mm. I found, like, when I would get bit by a mosquito in the jungle, I noticed it, but I didn't swell up like I thought I would. When I get bit here, I swell up to Parker pretty big. I, yeah, Parker and I both um, have sweet blood. Yeah, um, and, and it, it still sucked, and I noticed it more on the way, like, when I got back. I was like, wow, I really did get lit up by bugs. Got a mm. few rashes from some weird whatever, um, but it was manageable. That was what I, and you know, at first I was one of my Big paranoia is hate bugs. Yeah, me too. Hey, what we get eaten up. Parker and I both yeah. get eaten up. Um, by day three, you just didn't care. Um, you didn't want to be out of the rack at yeah. night. Yeah. Uh, food or lack thereof, expectation versus reality. Um, be honest, to be Parker. A, yeah, I'll, I'll be honest. <laughs> um, to, to be put it out there. Even in the um, in the beginning of we this class, when, when Dad said that uh, he wanted to that they were going, I was like, I I want to go on this trip. But I had no idea of what was going on, like what it was, what was going to happen. And I kind of went into it blind, but that's the way I wanted to go. Like, okay, I trust yeah. the guys I'm with. So as far as food goes, I'm a very much like I need my food. I'm mm. a thin guy. My metabolism runs super fast. Yeah. So um, I had bought some Oreos and casinos and some yes. uh, yeah. some, uh, some gummy bears. Uh, I didn't. Okay. <laughs> Listen, let me. Let me explain. When I wake up in the morning, I go straight to the pantry and grab something like a little Debbie. Mm. Um, and that's going to catch up with me. But so I, we had bought some stuff in the grocery store and I had like the little six pack of Oreos left over. And I was like, I'm danged if I leave these in Percy's house. I'm taking these to the jungle. Good man. Um, so I, I would crack open a thing of Oreos and be like, hey, dad, like snaggling these Oreos. That was more like a, hey, let me drag him down with me because if I yeah. get in trouble, we all get yeah. in trouble. Um, <laughs> so he, loves he, company. he didn't snag one until like day two or three or whatever. But yeah. the key thing for me food-wise 
was this travel-sized gummy bear pouch. And I would get a handful of these gummy bears and just stash them in my mouth like it was a, like a dip or something. There's like sugar. eight guys listening to this that hate you right now. That on the yeah. Trip. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I got to the point where I was like, you know, I want to do this class where um, the right way where it sucks, but it, it sucks enough with the gummy bears. So I was like, I also want to be able to enjoy this. So food wise, I was still extremely hungry. Like I could feel <laughs> the difference between a single like. If I would pop two gummy bears in my mouth, I could feel the energy hit me. That's how like calorie yeah. in debt you are. So, um, yeah, I cheated, but I, it still sucked um, as far as food goes. But I'm glad to have you on the trip. You seem to enjoy it more than most. Yeah, and I, whenever I'm struggling, I'm just quiet. Wednesday morning, I think Mike was he saw that I <laughs> was about that Wednesday morning angry, huh? like or Thursday morning. He was like, "You all right?" And I was like, "Yeah." Like I was just grumpy, mad, yeah, angry. Shy. He's like, "You sure?" And I was like, "Yes." And that was sort of my low. It was just like, "God, I'm, I'm so angry right now." <laughs> the food thing. Uh, Wednesday was I, I. That's a. That's as deep in the pain cave as I've been in a long time. We always say yeah. you're going to hate us by Thursday, but it turned out Wednesday was the day. <laughs> we bumped we it up a day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But but you know, I rallied uh, yeah. a little yeah, bit. Of food. I knew. I knew you were in trouble whenever he asked me for the Oreos. He was like, "Hey, crack crack open some of those Oreos." Yeah, and um, and he hadn't done that all week. He was he was pretty strong, you know. He even denied one here and there, and I'm like, "Okay, more for me." Yeah. But um, what what got me was whenever I could not contribute to the team. That yeah. was that was where, where I knew I could not physically help, and my helping the team was by not helping the team, so I wouldn't become. <laughs> I think the yeah. day we were all processing food, I, I said something like. Um, you know, everybody wants, anybody want, we ordered a couple of chickens a day before live chickens. So I think I said something like if anybody wants to eat chickens or snake later or something, everybody has to contribute something. That's right. their custom is everybody has to pitch in. I think that's just universal. Like instead of just kind of sitting there and waiting for it to be served um, at that point, we'd all been through, you know, quite a few days of whatever. So yeah, to contribute to the food process and stuff. And it, you know, it, it didn't come in a package. It it came in a package of feathers walking around. Right, right. right. So to take it to that level, I think I that was I was hoping that would be a big takeaway for people to see it go from this point to yeah, that was really cool. Now it looks like that, and you know, cleaning them out. And uh, you say everybody's got wasting. to uh, everybody's got to contribute. I think I was the first one to come to you. I was yeah, like, yeah. You got a good fifteen twenty feathers out, and then <laughs> next, but but that's the thing is at that point I think. Um, and you did. I mean, I think then it was just me, the rest of that chick, and then Matt Grace did the other chick. Yeah, and me and Matt were. Well, but it's a it's a team effort. It always is. That's one thing I've always liked about this company from the very start when I first joined up. You know, to go on the trip was it's a team effort. Oh yeah, you know, you, yeah. we're training. We're setting each other up for you know success and stuff, not just um, misery because you do that on your own. But I think I took a thousand and seventy four <laughs> photos, and I don't know if I took. Huh. Uh, any on Wednesday and Thursday. I took very few and <laughs> like you could, like I could tell by the, yeah. I could tell by my photos yeah. when it was just like, I'm full on like survival mode. Yeah. Um, yeah. Environment Parker expectations versus reality. Um, I didn't think it was going to be nearly as humid. I knew it'd be hot, but you know, playing football at 95 degree on a turf field, you think you're ready for the heat, but it was just what got me was the the twelve hours in the hammock mm. where you're sweating, yeah, and you're just laying there in your boxers sweating. I'm very much you like, wore boxers, 
<laughs> well, <laughs> I was uh, just wearing my pants all the time. Man. Yeah, I I wouldn't have been able to do that. My, I, I it was just you're laying there in a puddle of sweat. Yeah, and <laughs> like it, you said, it just made me yeah, cool off. <laughs> it, it just made me angry. Like it wasn't yeah, even like yeah, that. Oh, it was just genuinely like angry at uh, the jungle. That's weird, huh? Um, so that was really the biggest thing for me. The terrain. And hiking wasn't too too bad as far as what I like. It was it what I, it was what I was expecting. Um, just the for me, I'm used to being hot. We're in the south. I mean, right. we train year round, yeah. but it was unrelenting. The dehydrating at night in at your sleep was was okay. something. Yeah. I was. Once uh, you're behind the curve, it's hard to recover. It's hard to get caught. Back totally up. impossible. Definitely, definitely. We drank water. You're either drinking water or filtering water. It seemed like. Yeah. Yeah, um, I was telling Matt Grace and you too. I think before we went down there, I felt it's not too different from being in the south. I I feel I've been more bug bit with Patrick in July making a fire there at his house or something than than I mean there almost the same. Just I'm a person who gets yeah. bit. If there's a mosquito, it's going to find me in in every way. But I, I use the permethrin. Worked pretty good. Hadn't used it since 2007. My ankles and feet had a bunch of red marks. Never felt any itching or any bites besides the bullet like that got a me. Fiend. Yeah, me too. I, I, I got, I got stung by three of those golden wasps there at mm. Magdalena too that put a whelp on me. Um, I got some questions from social media. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Thomas Mullins, uh, on the trip, on the jungle trip, what was the most used item? Knife, machete, ferro rod? We all know what that is. Ruben's fan. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Ruben's fan. The fan. A machete. Uh, yeah, a machete, yeah. yeah. Machete. I mean, uh, we all got machetes before that. I've used the same one for 16 years. It sounds dramatic, but it really is. Uh, I'm a smaller guy. I like an 18 inch bladed machete. I don't really care for a 20 or 22. Yeah. It's like a bad kung fu movie where it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, I, the, the dairy and, and the I light used, machete were mm, killer. I, used, I, mean, I use that kukri, the expat, just for like heavy. Tree chopping and just splitting wood, really. Okay, same guy, uh, same uh, question. So definitely machete more than anything. Yeah, um, long blade rules there. Is uh, what's the what's the least used item or something people bring thinking it's a must but never really use it once in the jungle? I'm just gonna answer real quick. Most useless piece of gear I brought was a very small, compacted, like the size of a fist with a rubber band around it, clear um, plastic poncho. Rain gear is useless there. Yeah. And, and we weren't wet. even in, in the rainy season, but when it is the rainy season, it's even more useless. I usually bring it for yeah. a blanket. And if anybody brought any rain gear with them, it, you probably didn't get a chance to use it or just weighed you down. It, I don't yeah, know. Even, even if it if it rained or it didn't rain <laughs> at all, gonna you're, you're going to be just as soaking wet. Yeah. From yeah. Sweat. <laughs> there is Forget no dry. Like, uh, uh, Bobby Kamansky asked, Jungle insects, crawling ants. How do you avoid? You don't. You don't. You don't. Good luck. It doesn't matter uh, if they're coming from the trees above you or the ground below you. Check bit. anything outside of your your mosquito net. Check it real good in the morning before you put it back on. If you hung your pants up or Done. had your boots yeah. out there, shake them out. Yeah. You agree? I'm a big fan of like the little, little, little uh, tap dance when you're trying to pee in the dark and be done yeah. with it. How about staying clean and dry on your feet? You don't. I have to say hand sanitizer all the way. You get in your hammock. um, It's like you you get a chance to renew yourself. Uh, Like a bird bath with hand sanitizer. um, It's important to put it on your feet and um, put it on your hands. So the hand sanitizer, I wound up taking 
a bath in that my like my legs the places where I was bitten mm-hmm. so it's just alcohol based it I don't know what it is but it dries it helps I mean well, my yeah, feet were pruned and it makes you honestly like it, it it it's it makes you feel better it's like a little bit of like a comfort cool item I yeah. took dude wipes yeah and the dude wipes have like tea tree or some other stuff in them right that was a mood lifter for me oh, yeah and they right. smelled better than I did by far there so yeah. <laughs> just those little things there's nothing bigger. Oh, yeah, Wednesday, Wednesday night I couldn't sleep just because of my the smell of myself. <laughs> I stunk so bad. I was like, yeah, I'd, I'd go to raise my arm to just get comfortable. I'm like, what? yep, not doing that. Kick yourself out of your own hammock. Our buddy uh, Miguel can't get right Contreras. Uh-huh. Uh, he he form, can't. Former field survival. Right. Uh, our buddy from uh, the Dominican Republic. Mm-hmm. He says food. Of course, that's something we got to talk about. Well, that's a pretty short topic. Uh, we didn't have much. And uh, you can get it. Yuka, but in the country as a whole, uh, Peruvians have you know, the best way of making chicken, rice, and potatoes. But we didn't really Chow have fun. that when yeah. we were in the bush and stuff. Uh, Dustin McCubbins, we know Dustin quite well. Mm-hmm. Can cantaries really swim up your tool? If you're not familiar with uh, a cantaroo, uh, you might want to Google it, but not on a work computer. Um, so we no no instances that I'm aware of. No. Any reported case All ever good, yeah. that I can. Find. I've heard I've heard it both ways. That yes and no. Uh-huh. Yeah. Anyway, I wasn't going to find out. No. So um, I did. I paid several times in the Amazon River. Well, that the one of the high points for me was that day we got in Magdalena. Nobody was in the water, and I walked into the river <laughs> to I my got in there chin. I was telling Patrick on the way over here that was one of the one of the coolest things. I thought nobody ever did, but uh, I got pictures of it too. I got to well, I, I knew at that point I had to get my core temp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You did the right thing. And yeah. so cool I off. went into the water till it was under my chin, and then tilted my head back, not so my ears wouldn't go underwater, but the back. I mean, and yeah. I was in there for probably thirty minutes just standing yeah. in one spot because yeah, yeah. I had, Good. that was after I carried that massive balsa yeah. wood log, and I. Had no shirt, jumped into the water really quick just to cool off and then came back up. If y'all hadn't have made me get out, I would still be standing in that water. Uh, <laughs> uh, prolific knives, uh, what was the lowest point or hardest thing you did or faced mentally and physically while in the jungle? For me, that's easy. Uh, that was Bug Delaney Camp making the call to get in the rack at 4.30 so I can. <laughs> yeah, for me? Yeah. Uh, hardest thing for me was... I'm generally able to help the team out, but when you know that, you know, your hammock's already set up and you're just spent, it's so much harder to have motivation to help somebody hmm. make a jungle bed or something whenever every tree you chop down has ants over you. Right, right. <laughs> so I was dead tired and just being like, God, I can't even like, I can't even help, help somebody right now. So like, you know, you're trying to help somebody filter water for them or something. Feel like a weak teammate. Exactly. And it's it's just Mm -hmm. not a feeling that I'm used to not being able to pull my own weight, but that's really all you have to focus on is pulling your own weight. So like the mental battle of like, you know, I respect all these guys. Um, I want them to respect me. So I want, you know, hopefully I don't look like I'm not doing anything, but it's like, y'all, I'm like, yeah, and you're fighting with that. Yeah. You're fighting that own mental battle. Hmm. What? Low point? Oh, the lowest point for me was realizing uh, day one that I wore the wrong pants. Oh, yeah. So normally down there, I just uh, wear a pair of cheap, thin, quick drying Magellan, something yeah. like that. You know, it's no big deal if it gets ripped up or whatever. Uh, for this trip, 
I wore a pair of Fall Ravens, yeah. nice, tough, durable pants. Had uh, zippers on either side of the, <laughs> the legs so you could vent, you know. Zippy. Like, oh, that's a cool little uh, I've seen you vent yeah. in and, North Carolina. Uh, <laughs> just completely forgot all about the fact that they're waxed and mm. you could not cool off. And so that was my worst part for the whole trip. Just, just being that. constantly overheated, can't cool off, constantly dehydrated, um, even considered just taking them off at one point and just rolled them up, put them in the pack. Didn't have the zip offs though, right? No. You would have been better off in your boxes. Yeah, that's what I was, that's what I was thinking. It Speedo almost, juggle guy. <laughs> it, it almost came to that. But. Yeah. But uh, that was the, the low point. Yeah. That lasted the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> For me, I have to say, honestly, it was the nights. Um, I don't sleep very well, and I'm quite a hot sleeper. Like, I overheat instantly. I rarely can ever stay in a hotel or any place where I have covers over me. Just mm-hmm. I just overheat the same way. too quickly. So, yeah, just to climb in there, already kind of wet. Not because it's been raining, because we... We didn't get much rain. Not while we were in the jungle. No, no, no man. But just to, like if we did get rain, it was at night. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Except for when we we're in the rafts. So just to climb in there, like already kind of hot and sweaty, you have a high metabolism, so I'm always kind of like overheating and just lay there for that many hours before. I'd never went to sleep before I felt cool. I would just kind of like fall asleep, have weird dreams, and then, like you said, Patrick, like wake up sometime in the morning and like, Oh, not sweating anymore, but to me, that was the hardest or the lowest point. The night's just trying to clear your head and go to sleep. The hiking and all that other stuff was was not as hard as the, just trying to get to sleep. Just the mental yeah. gymnastics of it. Yeah, cooling off. See Willis 213. Any close calls or did any did everything go pretty smooth? Uh, it was the opposite of smooth. Smooth as <laughs> uh, the Rocky Mountains. <laughs> no real close calls. Um, just some concerns like we talked about with uh, Britt and the I think our closest calls, we had no cuts. Yeah, no major cuts. That's no major, what I always no say. Major no major cuts. injuries and no one was cut by a cut. No major injuries. I think in a couple oh. of different cases, we were very, very close to some Significant heat stress. No, yeah. Oh, yeah. No doubt. So, from multiple yeah. people. I was worried about you at one point, Patrick. I was worried about me the whole time. <laughs> I was worried about, about you. Um, uh, I was um, worried about you that Wednesday. And um, it really came down to, like, where's the best time spent? Going an hour back or going an hour forward? If you know you're going to make camp early and you have that much more time to, you know, yeah. recuperate. and yeah. Try to cool down. <laughs> it's just kind of a... <laughs> I but was, you play to your strengths when you you know your team and the people that you're with and that you've traveled with for years. You know what they can and cannot do, and you just have to kind of go with it. I was hope uh, for the best. I was expecting to rebound, like mm. me personally, based on past experience. I knew I was I was low, but I, I guess my my plan was to preemptively go ahead and hit granny gear, and just like plod. Yeah. And be very, very conservative in my efforts and, and, right. and at the risk of looking like a lazy teammate, which I really don't like. I did well, what I did out of self preservation, but also I knew if I got out there and, and, uh, and, and like I was, I, w- I knew I was deep. Everybody knows their own machine mm-hmm. over X amount of hikes, years, trips, whatever. So, yeah. I think uh, one thing that, that you did on Wednesday, I could tell you were pretty deep in the hole. 
just because you know you're my dad so i, I just see, rub it in why don't yeah you? i see that <laughs> rub salt and wounds it's chance but um <laughs> i can tell you were um hurting a little more that day but one thing that i i respected it that you did was you were pretty much always not always but consistently saying like hey let's watch our pace like we're you know we're coming out a little fast here we're we're trying to keep up with these locals mm-hmm. and I'm sure other, I know I was, other people were feeling the same way. Like, man, we're booking along. Like, let's slow down. Let's slow down. But nobody had really the guts to just speak up and say like, hey, we need to slow down. (laughs) And it wasn't like a, hey, I can't do it. But it was like a, hey, if nobody else is going to say it, I'll, I'll voice that I'm struggling. Let's like, let's, let's make sure we're keeping a good pace. Let's slow it down. I wasn't aware of that when, until you called it out. And And it was helping everybody. Oh, yeah, so I just said I'll see you when I get there. <laughs> Y'all keep going. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll find see you. you. When I get there. Bye. <laughs> it was that's a good point, Parker. Because when I finally got behind them, it didn't matter what they were going at. I was able to kind of set the pace. Right. I think it worked, and I kept calling back to Shane. Yeah. This work. This, this work. work. And I'm, no, <laughs> I'm sure everybody else was appreciative of it. Like, okay, thank you for Shane. Let's slow down a little bit. Because well, I, I know, knew I wasn't. I wasn't the only one on the bubble. You know, I knew I, you could look around and see it in people's faces. Wednesday was hard on just everybody, about everybody. Everybody was spent. Um, and so uh, I, that just – I like to lead from the rear. Uh, Patrick and I always fight mm-hmm. for sweep. I always like to run sweep because I can keep an eye on everybody. Um, and uh, on that particular day, I was running sweep, not because I wanted to, because that was the only place I could really be. <laughs> But I knew it, and I, I like I say, I felt like I'd rally. Uh, that was C. Willis. Okay, last question. Seneca case. Seneca serpent. Uh, I guess a made up name. I guess one could be: Are the things people fear really an issue? Snakes, uh, carnivorous fish, flying insects, disease, etc. I guess my answer to that is no. Until they are, yeah, no, yeah. but they can be. You know, the possibility's um, always there. There's, there's just um, the jungle. It, everything out there wants to kill and eat you. Yeah, like it, it, it happily eats you. Everything. How many and, snakes did y'all see other than the one that Percy found and caught? Uh, did you see I, any? I was running point and saw. Um, you saw one up in the tree. I saw a snake. Yeah, fairy lance up in the uh, up in the tree. Kind of slow. It was very thin, but. Yeah. Extremely long snake. Mm-hmm. Um, I think me and one other person maybe saw it. I was on point, so nobody was in my area until um, a little bit after, by the time that I saw it. Um, yeah. It had kind of slithered up the trees to where, unless you had your eyes on it, you couldn't find it. And then just the red-tailed boa. Yeah. Right. In all my years of going down there, I've only seen one snake that Percy didn't catch or point out. Or you know, Usually you're traveling as a group, making a lot of noise, a lot of vibrations. They know you're coming. Yeah, it's hard to see coming. anything. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, a few more questions off Facebook. Mark Mark McWhorter, did you get bitten by an Azula? I didn't, but Ruben did. I think you were the only one that yeah. had the yeah. This trip, this trip. This trip, yeah. yeah. Patrick, you've been bit before, right? Yeah. Yeah. Fun meter pegged, huh? Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Just like you're saying. Uh, Jeff Stevens, who got sick on the trip? Uh, honestly, I don't know that anybody Man, got this sick. is one of the... Not, uh, nobody had, like... The, 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 the usual, the usual the sickness from like eating the wrong foods. And I was re- really happy that nobody got really, really sick, and nobody got cut with like their own cutting tools. Yeah. That's and really I, cool, man. I didn't bring anything back other than bug bites too. Like yeah. I was expecting to have some issues stomach wise. 
Never seen, a, no issue. never been on a trip where people did not come back with some. So oh, that's yeah. good. All right. One last question. Hani Ojuma. Uh, this is off of our SC Niners Facebook group. Explain your Cayman hand taco. Oh, uh, God. That thing was so good. It was awesome. Wasn't it? Oh, I threw oh, it. We were on the boat. John the Baptist. Yes. Mm. So that is a tradition Peruvian meal of rice and, and meat. Meat could be yeah. a lot of chicken. different things. There's a little bit of chicken in that one. Yeah. yeah. So a little bit of chicken, a little bit of oh, Cayman. And it came in was separate. It was like a big yeah, chunk that yeah. Oren uh, couldn't wait to cut up because he was hungry. <laughs> um, always hungry. So that's a Peruvian meal. This it it's rice yeah. and, and meat wrapped in a I think a plantain leaf. Banana leaves? Banana I'm leaf not sure. Or yeah, it was called John the Baptist. I don't, there's some whole history behind it. I'm not really right. sure. It's quite lengthy. Um All right. That's all I got for social that media was, questions. That was delicious though. Oh, that was awesome. Good. Yeah. They put some sort of some sort of sauce on it, and uh, that was that ahi sauce. Yeah, ahi sauce. It was a different type of ahi. That that thing had some heat on yeah, it. Yeah, it was uh, like a like a greenish. Yeah, I was. Oh, yeah. About, so many I different was, types. I was there. about ready to stick my face in the Amazon River and run the risk of <laughs> drinking all that. It was so spicy for a second. I'm just gonna a huge just bite. throw something out there real quick because I know you had concerns with bugs, and so did Matt Grace, and I think you guys handled it. Quite well. I mean, it wasn't too overwhelming. I mean, I, I tried to say it wasn't too different than you get down south, but it didn't seem like it was that much of an issue to you guys or even Matt. I mean, Matt did exceptionally well. Oh, I yeah. thought I never doubted him. Matt, Matt was rock solid. Right, right, right. Our, 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 we know, we so. could not have really had a better team. I'm uh, telling you, man. Uh, very solid. I think everybody brought something to the table, whether it be comedy factor or experience <laughs> or just. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I think probably the best group we've had out there, not because of ability or anything else other than everybody was, it's always been a team effort with this company, with this group. I should say something that's notable. Everybody on this group, we knew Mm. except for Austin. Austin Austin has never done a class with us. He's never trained with us. I don't know that we've ever talked to this guy Uh -uh. and showed up and went, showed up. And went for the full Monty. Yeah. And uh, such a, I mean, like, uh, we could brag on all of our guys. Uh, right. I want him on my team. Yeah. yeah. I want all yeah. these guys on my team. <laughs> no, I'm, that, exactly. And so uh, I was just so impressed that, uh, uh, but Austin's a traveler, man. He's good now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's new to the whole universe that is the training school and the knives and all that stuff. And he didn't miss a beat. He'll be back. <laughs> Yeah, well, I think I think he's going to come. We will be doing a follow up with I think several other guys yeah. at yeah, December. Got to get him on Bushcraft, yeah. and I think Austin's planning on being there. I think Britt's planning on being Good. there. Um, I'm excited about that. Uh, so wrapping up here, this is what people are always going to always going to talk about is uh, gear that worked, gear that didn't. I want to start with kind of importance and and go with water first. Hmm. What worked that y'all saw? What didn't work? What Ruben? What do you use, Ruben? I only use iodine. Um, that lost faith faith in filters a long time ago, and it's worked for me over several years. So I recommend it, and that's it. Yeah, Patrick, what do you use? Uh, Katahdin Hacker or Pro Hacker Two or yeah. something like that. Uh, good for a couple of days, and then it gets re- really, really hard. To yeah, pump. it was tough. I pumped for yeah, kind mm. of Patrick's filter a little bit, and yeah. it was. Like bench pressing. Yeah, it's pretty so, good. Pretty, pretty good. So, bench in the jungle. Yeah. We used the same pump with a brand new filter, and I carried an extra filter. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm 
one of the things that I've always done with the Katahdins is I take Y sticks and put them to where I find that de- it's got that little bobber mm-hmm. up and I basically sandwich them in so it doesn't get into the sediment. Yeah. So Stays I tried to, above. I pre-filtered where I, where I could. Um, Mike Molnar had a first need XL Dang, that, was fast. that was super fast, super efficient. Um, and it lasted them up until the Tom Shaku river and it got used a lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Can I pump water, guys? Parker and I. <laughs> Anytime there was something important to do. Yeah, Parker and I both used one filter all week for yeah, the two of us, and we and we were not like not drinking water. We were pounding it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it wasn't. It never got as hard as yours did. Cool. Um, Austin had the Grail. Yeah, that so Grail was never failed him. He had the Grail, uh, not the Geo Press, but the the Thai Grail. Uh, we just saw those guys at, at George Bushcraft, yeah. and I had to go tell them, "Hey, man!" I actually, well, I actually didn't tell them. I went and bought one. Uh, I was super impressed with with he was using like a some little pre filter he got a off bag. of Etsy or something yeah. too that that made a massive difference. But he used one filter the whole time, and we were just drinking yeah, it a worked for him bunch of water. Yeah. Um, Reuben carried I don't like a Kroger bag or something for a backpack. <laughs> <laughs> It was like a sil nylon light pack that, yeah. I Patrick, mean, what did you carry? Uh, Bongo gear, uh, Baker Patrol pack. How'd that work out for you? Uh, it's, it's a good pack. It, it holds a lot, and a lot of times you end up putting too much in it. So, yeah. Yeah. One of those deals. Parker used a... Some uh, piece uh, of junk backpack I got off some old man named yeah. Shane Adams. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No. He used a uh, Osprey Exos 38. Yeah. That Seemed to serve you pretty well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Soylent, Matt, and Austin had Hill People gear. I had Hill People gear. And you had Hill yeah. People gear? I had a Ute. Uh, this was, so I had another pack I was going to carry, and within like literally 10 days before we left, realized that that had a uh, a major hole in it right at the zipper Same point. Or, yeah. uh, talked to my buddies at uh, Scott and Evan Hill at Hill People gear. I got a Ute, and man, I love their stuff, love the pack. Um. Sleep systems, what were you in, P? Uh, the hammock is a war bonnet. Um, XL. Yeah, XLC. Uh, yeah, and um, built-in mosquito net, and I've had it for God, probably 10 years now. It's been down in the jungle several times, and just love it. So yeah. your war bonnet is what made me want a war bonnet, mm-hmm. and Parker was my excuse to buy one. Yeah, and it you, served me well. Parker got to use it, and you didn't. I still hadn't <laughs> slept in it, yeah, and it smells like stank. Um <laughs> Double of the jungle. Yeah, double layer uh yeah. on that is wise on the bottom. Oh yeah. Uh mm-hmm. my Hennessy. I used a Hennessy asymmetrical zip. Um that uh the Hennessy has been good. I've spent a bunch of nights in that Hennessy, but it's a little on the short side. Uh the war bonnet's longer, Parker's taller than me, so that works that works out pretty well. Um same tarp, no issues. Mm-hmm. Uh Ruben, what what were your what was your sleep system? I had a Bayer of Maine, uh, they call it a mosquito cocoon, a tarp that comes with it, uh, a torso size uh, closed cell foam pad, and that was pretty much it, yeah. Okay. Uh, boots, what footwear, what'd you wear? Uh, rubber boots I picked up in Taiwan, which are very similar to the ones that they wear down there. Just, you know, it's, it's good. A like little bit above the calf. Regular yeah. old red ball galoshes. Yeah, just to get like out that. in the mud and the gunk and stuff. And it fills up with the water. You just, um, empty it out because that material cannot absorb water. And 
What was really important was the dress socks. They're very thin polyester. Uh, imagine a sponge, like really thick. It absorbs all this water. Imagine a really thin one. It can't. So right. that's why I, I never, I haven't gotten blisters since 2005, probably ever. Wow. And all the hikes. So uh, one pair of socks. If you take 10 pair of socks, you're going to have 10 pair of wet socks. So I just took one. <laughs> right. Patrick, footwear? Uh, classic Altama jungle boots uh, that were probably half size too big. Yeah. Uh, once I got wet, kind of stretched a little bit and had a little sliding around going on the first couple of days. And, a friction. Yeah, developed a couple of blisters. Um, I've always worn those down there, but this time it was probably a half size too large because it's a new pair. Parker. We had the same boots, the yeah. Altama Jungle boots. And when you order those, you need to order a size down, wouldn't you? Think? Yeah, I think so. Well, Parker and I, so we... We ordered two pair and had to send two pair back because they yeah. were they were massive. Yeah, huge. And I, we went down a half size, and pro- I probably could have. I could have gone down another one, uh, mm, or so, a, a full or another half, I guess. So full yeah, size. I normally wear like a European forty six, and uh, ordered a forty six, and man, I, I felt like I was wearing Ronald McDonald shoes. But with a clown, yeah. So I had to, I had to kind of, um, we had to drop back and punt there, but I. No issues. Darn yeah. tough socks. Uh, I had darn tough socks, and I used a thin cycling liner sock. Yeah, uh, I still got a little blister. I have a real prominent heel calcaneus, just really prominent heel bone. So I'm yeah. used to kind of getting some. Uh, use some uh, Luco tape uh, to cover that. Uh, it's tucked for a day or two, and then uh, nothing. I mean, my your hands and feet. I was just pruned down there the whole time. There's no not. There's no getting dry. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, back to footwear real quick. I think one of the uh, really good things that we all did was take some kind of um, open foot, like, you know, airy yeah, type yes. of rubbery. A, a uh, pre-hike uh, yeah, like post-hike a, footwear, I mean, Crocs. You know, some people had Crocs. I had something similar to that, and you had some Birkenstock. Birkenstocks. Stuff. Letting your feet air out as much as you can mm-hmm. in a camp where you're in for two days, you really do – push back a lot of the insects that people are worried about and i recommend it <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> totally yeah. if you cannot be in your boots like at any point take them off and let your feet air out because mm-hmm. you're going to be in them for right. a long time even on the trip up there i had mine off and then on way the back yeah. And, yeah that's the key other gear <laughs> uh patrick's i know we mentioned his his fall raven pants great pant just wrong environment, great pants, for wrong environment. yeah i took uh parker and i found some uh inexpensive Long sleeve hooded um, poly mm-hmm. shirts that I liked. Mm-hmm. I thought you guys were going to rob a liquor store or something. Yeah, when the uh, bugs got real bad at Magdalena, I'd pull my hood up, and that that was as much a mental exercise. Like that was helping me cope. Yeah. Um, yeah. Outdoor research pants, Ferrosi pants did well. Um, smog. Oh yeah, sh- you know, carrying a yeah. smog. Yeah, yeah. uh, I that I use that for. Sweat rag for just everything. Yeah. Blanket or something. Mm. Yeah. Uh, well, awful. So, funny thing, Matt Grace and I both had the same issue come up where we don't know if it was laying on our mats or what, but if you've ever taken your tongue and stuck it to a nine volt battery, that's how everything below my shoulder blades felt was on fire, like on pins and needles. You had that too. And Matt had it too. And, and yeah. Matt had clothes that had as well. Permethrin. Okay. So you had it too. Matt had permethrin on some of his clothes and I didn't have it on mine. And so I don't know what it was mm. or what caused it other Pre- than just like a prickly heat. Yeah. Yeah. Prickly heat, heat rash. I had that in 2007. 
and then I had it this last time after Tom Chiaku on the boat ride back after a shower and a clean shirt. I started to fill it. It lasted for at least three more days yeah. when I was hiking in New Jersey. I'm like, this is weird. I'm like, it's I'm already crazy. clean yeah. and stuff. But the using a schmag and covering my back with it made it completely go away. Yeah, when, when I good. laid down at night, so that was a that was a big pull. Um, camera gear, uh, Olympus Tough Six TR Six, great yeah, camera. I only took a point and shoot Olympus uh, TG Four uh, Hero uh, Twelve, and some. Uh, the battery life on the new GoPros is way longer. I yeah. still have video to edit or pull from that. Um, I had my Hero Nine and used two batteries. I didn't record a whole lot of GoPro stuff. Just kind of stuff walking around in the jungle, maybe thirty seconds. To two minute long clips, um, yeah. and any, then I just used a, any other gear you guys can think of. Oh, knives! Let's talk about what we carried. What would you carry, uh, knife tool wise, Ruben? Well, I always rely on the Tramontina machete because it's just it's meant for that environment. That was always my go to. I was testing a couple things for some uh, articles, but um, really, it always came down to that big long blade. You know, yeah. for me, uh, we had the expat kukri. I used it for the larger stuff and splitting wood. Couple of tops knives that were just for the small stuff, but for the most part, I know what works there, and it is the long, thin blade. Yep. P. Uh, brought a Maipang Duku Chandong just because I always wanted to use it down there. Uh, really, only used it for teaching fire making, processing firewood. Um, and as far as fixed blade knife, uh, Sam Wilson, is it Techline, the Pack Light. Mm-hmm. Little hollow handled survival knife did great. Cool knife, yeah. Um, that and a uh, the Leatherman Super Tool three hundred. I went up giving to Gerardo. Yeah. Uh, it should be noted that every tool we had down there rusted, even if it was stainless. Yeah. Everything was worked hard. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Parker, what did you take? Uh, so I mainly carried the Darien, which was a little bit on the shorter side and thicker than the like traditional machete there. Right, yeah. Um, but it was super sharp so anytime i used it i i I enjoyed having a blade that was a little bit smaller but also a little bit thicker for some of the bigger stuff like making a jungle bed um and then i had my se4 but it stayed in my pack the whole time because i swiped my dad's and ceo the whole time yeah um and kind of just adopted that thing for a while yeah i took a one of our older discontinued light machetes uh, just because I wanted to try it out. Perfect for that. Uh, uh, great yeah, machete. Yeah. Great machete. That and the dar- I really like the Darien too. I, I, I thought the Darien might have been a little on the short side, but it I, was. It was. It, was, it, w- it didn't mm-hmm. work. Mm-hmm. Um, same with the light machete. Uh, the A2 Sencillo, uh in a brand new. Uh, it should be noted that that's like I think that's zero 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 two. It was yeah number two. Um, it was a brand new Ulti clip. And within three or four days down there, everything's rusted. It's bronze. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> what do you call this? Uh, patinaed. Chunky yeah. patina. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the pineapple, I think, is probably a, a big, as big a part as any. We cut some pineapple, uh, uh, some confiscated, commandeered uh, mm. pineapple that we just happened to find growing out in the woods. No, we had a Bear Forest Knives there that was... I think it was 1095, the uh, prototype. This is going back like years ago that Garrett sent it to us and um, gave it to Oren, you know, to help out. He was doing so much stuff, but um, 
Yeah, when he gave it back to me at the end of the trip to sharpen, it looked like it was 15 years old. <laughs> you only had it for like four days. Place yeah. rough on equipment. Yeah, yeah. 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 We'll, we'll get into this more, but uh, the I carried a um, a Easy Lap Diamond Home medium grit uh, sharpening stick, I mm. guess, uh, and then the Wazoo necklace. Uh, Viking whetstone is what I would use. I'd right. put that wire bead on there and then take that off. But as far as gear goes, um, I, aside from having too much, uh, yeah. uh, I, stuff worked. You can really do a lot more with a lot less than you think. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, think about what those guys use for the most part. One long blade. One long they blade. Build an entire, you know, lay on the ground. Pretty much a village mm-hmm. with that. Uh, so uh we're gonna we're gonna we're coming up on two hours now actually about two hours and 45 minutes but i forgot to hit uh record uh so let's hit with parting shots we'll go around the table here reuben any parting shots anything oh yeah man i encourage anybody to go and do this trip and maybe it seems like we we have maybe um dwelled on something negative that's only because it's exciting and we learn stuff from it but i think this trip is for everybody i first did this trip with people that have never spent a night in the woods and they excelled so um, take what we're saying, you know, the grain of salt, and it, it's an adventure trip, and I think more people should do it and not be so afraid of it. Yeah, yeah. B. I like uh, what you call type two fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you know, you're going to be miserable. You're going to be hot. You're going to get bitten by bugs. <laughs> at the time, it's not going to seem very enjoyable. But once you do it, being able to look at the photos, share the stories with other guys that were on the trip with you. Yeah, you know, definitely. Memories like that last year a lifetime. Mm-hmm. So it's just. And getting, we had high points. We we laughed. Yeah. We did. We had I think a lot of laughter. We mostly just all laughing around. the entire time. Yeah. We're saying no matter what, we're always going to have a good time. Yeah. <laughs> we did. <laughs> yeah. P. Uh, I would say. Um, one thing that kind of weighs heavy on me. You are probably the youngest guy we've ever taken down there, at least close to it. Not that I don't know how old yeah. Ash was. Ash was, was like 17. or He said he was after high school, he said. But. Yeah, but uh, for me, having never been on a plane, never traveled really anywhere. <laughs> being first. Uh, yeah, it was <laughs> – I would say if you're somebody – super young like in their 20s like this is a life altering trip for me um and you kind of see like on our trip we're lucky to have somebody like ruben who's done a whole lot of travel and then me who's done a whole lot of not at, like none at all you're saying i'm old um no i'm saying you're you've got experience um uh, why you can interpret that how you want um but if you're somebody who is um you know young and kind of afraid to take the step to go do something like that. It's a leap. You will not regret it because it is very rare that you're able to fully submerge yourself in the culture of somewhere else. You know, if you go to Peru to go to Machu Picchu, you're going to see something amazing, but you're not, you know, it's, it's going to feel, you know, pretty touristy. This was nothing like that. Mm -hmm. Um, It was a true, like once in a lifetime opportunity to be able to go somewhere and experience the true culture of Peru Reach out and touch. <laughs> the, the jungle, you know, being able to do something like that, as as terrible as the bugs and everything was, it was very well worth it. So well, I think you handled it like a champ. Oh, yeah. It was, <laughs> it was a blast. It's, it's hard to be in that type of environment and not enjoy it, even though you're just getting, you know, you're tired and everything yeah. like that. I'd go having back the, next having week. The right, 
having the right people around you makes a huge right, right good right. team i mean i get chills just talking about it like yeah. i'd go back next week if i could <laughs> so i was gonna ask you would you go back absolutely uh i know somebody i can't remember who it was asked me on wednesday if i'd come back and i said talk to me at the end of the week yeah that's me again so what what i wasn't really prepared for was and you said it in a, in a sense it, it's a total cultural immersion between lima and Iquitos is like a whole different land right. mm-hmm. than when you get to Tom Shiaku and then you get to Tom Shiaku, then you get out in these little villages in the jungle. And uh, yes. we got to see like, uh, it just kind of reminds me of the little boats going around Disney World, where it's, it's yeah. a small world. You right. know, just the, sim- the simplicity of their lifestyle is, yeah, oh, it's, it's, it's impressive. And speaking of the people, save for very few instances, the uh, the the people were awesome. Yeah, no, oh, yeah. I mean, uh, very Nicest grateful, very nice, very accommodating. Um, and so uh, for me, I, I think one of the biggest takeaways I thought it was cool that uh, I could share this trip with Parker and get to see a yeah. bit of the world through his eyes. Grateful yeah. for Patrick and Ruben in uh, their experience there. Um, you know, Austin's got a lot of experience traveling too. Yeah, he sure does. Uh, right. We and, and we didn't even talk about this. We faced some challenges, or at least some of our team faced some challenges getting out. Just getting out of that night. Yeah. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. So, uh, if I had to give some advice, uh, you better add a day on the front end and a day or two on the back end to come back. You gotta add it. Yeah. Acclimating the drive back from uh, Atlanta to Dalton. <laughs> Was uh, I probably terrified Patrick a little bit and maybe Parker because I was driving and my di- I was, he was tired. Like he was driving a tuk tuk. <laughs> my, my, my de- <laughs> yeah, my default setting when driving through Atlanta is pure aggression, and uh, so trying to hold it down and then it, it was a bit of sensory overload and it took yeah, me a little was, while yeah, to normal. to reacclimate. I but, kept in uh, contact with a lot of the guys and there. You know, I think Matt and even Austin, Britt, so everything is very loud and so fast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's hard to for me. The biggest thing was getting back into the school environment like uh, going back to classes and just such a structured environment where everything's all been weird and you're like man you see all these people in peru living this you know they don't have much but they're way way happy and just sometimes simple is best really sorry i wasn't recording no no (laughs) i quit i'm going to bed (laughs) i got it this time well, listen, uh, we uh, appreciate all you that are listening, and uh, I, I appreciate all you guys doing this and bearing with me through my mistake. Uh, but we hope you'll listen. Um, if you get a chance, share this one out and be looking for another podcast coming on later in December after Advanced Bushcraft where we're going to have a few more of the guys on, and we'll go from there. Uh, y'all take care. Nice. Thanks, fellas. Ah, appreciate both, that's of good, you, both y'all listening. Yeah, thanks, Mom and Dad. <laughs> yeah, I think we hit all the, the important points. And stuff. Is Matt coming in December? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think he's, he's planning to. <laughs>